Hey everyone, this is the Classic Gaming Podcast. I'm Robert Ring. Today's date is August 4th, 2017. This is episode number 86. With me... 87. I typed 87? it out for you. I typed it out for oh, you, you goof. shit. Episode 87. 87. No, I'm, I'm rolling with it. I just roll with it like, uh, like dough. Please stop. And we have a special guest on with us tonight. Please welcome uh, Jay David, also known as Gaming Jay. Jay, what's up? Hello. Hey. Thanks for having me tonight, guys. Absolutely. We're happy to have you. Um, so Jay has a YouTube channel. That which you can find at uh, youtube.com slash gamingj1001, where he is doing a uh, uh, Let's Play 1001 games series based on uh, a book that uh, purports to list the 1001 video games that you have to play before you die. Jay, why don't you give us a quick yes. little rundown of, of what you're doing? Sure. So, uh, yeah, just like you said, uh, the, the main thing I'm doing on my channel is this series where I'm playing through the, this book, this 1001 games book. Um, it's, it's a book that, uh, a number of people have told me they've seen in bookstores and stuff. You might've seen it. it's this big, thick coffee table book. Um, yeah, I've seen it. I, I got it as a gift one year and, uh, I always liked like leafing through it and stuff. And for the longest time I thought, um, you know, somebody ought to play through this thing. Um, of course I, I never thought it would actually be me. I thought that, you know, whoever <laughs> did it would be crazy to take it on. Um, but I, you know, had been watching a lot of like let's plays and it, this idea just sort of stuck with me. So I started looking around on YouTube just to see if anyone was actually doing it and nobody was. And I just decided one day, you know, what, I'm just going to take the leap and do it. So, um, what was your first I, game, first game was, was Pong. Oh, interesting. Okay. First game was Pong. Yeah. Um, this book I should say has games starting in the seventies <laughs> all the way up to the 2010. So it really has like everything. I lean towards playing older games, and okay. at the rate I'm going, by the time I get to the 2010s, they're going to be old. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of talked about that over That's time, funny. like as, yeah. as we get closer and closer. So it's, you... it's remarkable how how uh, old games have changed because, like in my head, anything after 2000s is is new, but yeah, it's same. like that's like yeah, 18 yeah. years old now. I know it, it is so crazy. It's crazy, and especially for me uh, when I go back and play like. PlayStation 2, especially PlayStation 2 and Xbox games, uh, when those consoles came out, like, the graphics, like, blew my mind. Because, I mean, <laughs> even more so than, like, any other, you know, like, iteration of a new console generation before that. That I remember specifically PlayStation 2 was like, how does oh, it yeah. even get any better than this? Yeah. And now I play those, I'm like, wow, these really do not look very good, a lot of them. Yeah, it's you sort of wonder like what were we all thinking back then? Um, we didn't know any better. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know any better. <laughs> Polygons, it looks so oh, good. <laughs> so, so you said you mostly do lean towards kind of older games anyway. Yeah, so my my whole channel is really a retro gaming channel, um, and so during every week I pick two games out of the book and I mix it up. So I'm not doing it chronologically, otherwise I'd <sighs> still be playing games in the '70s. But I'm Oh, uh, yeah, sort of mixing it up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, people get used to me playing Atari games or something. Yeah. Um, but I pick two random games. I lean towards the older games. Um, and so on Saturdays, though, uh, regardless of what I play during the week, I play something old. So if I've played like an Xbox 360 game during the week or something, uh, then maybe on the weekend I'll play like a DOS game from the 80s or something because 
I, I just like old games, and so that's sort of the heart of my channel, really. Okay, cool. Uh, one thing, well, actually, two things that I noticed uh, is one, you're in, you're, you're on like the what is it like the later two hundreds, or are you on the three hundreds now? I'm in the two hundreds. Um, this is my third year doing it, um, wow. and so basically, as I just said, I do two videos a week. 52 weeks a year, you know, you take a week or two out for vacation. That's basically 100 videos a year. That's like my goal. And so this series is uh, 10 year plus one day uh, cool. is how long it's going to take me to do <laughs> 1001, essentially. <laughs> so, um, okay. So, oh, I see. So you're on 214. Was, your, was, that, was that the last one? I think so. Yeah, I'm in the two. I, I forget the episode numbers too, by the way. Just, you okay. know, you met forget it like we just did <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a common thing you you make so many of these things how so, are you supposed to remember so somewhere around there so two things that i that i think stand out to me one is that i'm actually kind of impressed that you have stuck with it because this seems like one of those things that somebody like gets this awesome idea and then does like 15 or like maybe 30 games yeah, or something it's right. like uh, you know, I'm, I'm good i'm done this was a bad choice <laughs> this is a bad choice so yeah. uh so i i think it's kind of impressive that you're sticking with it so thoroughly and and also i really like playing your videos in the background like while I, so i work from home so i can like you know have whatever you know playing on the back you know on my other monitor and all that while i'm working and uh like it's i really like like your videos in particular i don't know something about like kind of like the long play format i don't have to like keep switching and finding something new and it's just kind of like fun to have on the background to listen to it's to me these videos are, are really fun to just kind of have playing in the background you know, glance over like and listen stream. to the commentary the whole time. Yeah, it's sort of like a stream, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's good to hear because that's sort of precisely what I was going for in creating my series. Um, I'm actually also a huge fan of, like, the long play commentary formats. Like, I actually watch a lot of videos on YouTube, mm -hmm. um, and that's sort of what inspired me to try and take it on. Um, but, yeah, like, I myself love putting on, like, a 40-minute, one-hour video, just yeah. sort of, like, chilling, letting it play. Um, it's sort of, I, I find that a lot of the more modern Let's Play channels are getting very edited. Um, and I think mm, that okay. there's like sort of a bigger new audience for that. But for, you know, dinosaurs like myself and possibly you, depending on how old you are, mm -hmm. um, this, this sort of older uh, long play format is, uh, is sort of just really appealing. So, so yeah, thank you. So... Yeah. As the, as of the videos you've done so far, what is your favorite game you played, and what is the game that you hated the most out of the 214 <laughs> you've done so far? Um, well, I have played a couple of like personal favorites, um, <laughs> but I feel like it'd be kind of cheating to mention those because I know I, I knew I liked them going in. Sure. Um, one game though that really did sort of surprise me when I got to it was Mario Golf on the Game Boy. I think it was Advance or Color. It's been a long time. One yeah. of those Game Boys. Um, so I'm not really a sports guy. Uh, I've said this a number of times on my channels, you know, I don't really follow sports. And as sort of a, you know, result of that, I'm not super into sports games, but that game impressed me. It was really remarkably fun to play. Um, it had like very good golfing mechanics. And as someone who didn't really golf, it pulled me in. And a really hmm. neat thing that game had that I was not expecting at all is it wasn't just like you pick a course and then you go and you golf it and you pick another course. There was a whole little like RPG world built around it, kind of like uh, Harvest oh, Moon or like Stardew Valley. It sounds really? kind of like Mario Tennis. 
Oh, it's Mario Tennis like that? Yeah, it's it's got like a lot of RPG elements where you where you like practice and you build up certain stats and stuff like that. Yeah, like this one had like a forest and a clubhouse and NPCs yep. Yep. and it was really it was really fascinating. I thought, uh, and I was not expecting that. Awesome. What about what about your what about the worst one that you've played so <laughs> the far? Worst one. I always hate ragging on games too much because. Every time I post a game, it's always fans of the game who will come to watch it, and they always get disappointed if I don't like it. But uh, I probably have to go with Dragon's Lair. Um, oh, <laughs> I'm with you on that one. <laughs> oh my god, it was—it's so hard. I hate that game. And I cannot stand there's like it. Like no indication of like what you're supposed to press or when to press it, and you fail like in two seconds. Oh my god. Oh, that game is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> even when i don't know if the I, I didn't see that one so i don't know if this was on the version you played but the version i have um you can do a mode where like it tells you what buttons to press like at the right time okay and like i still have a hard time playing through it because like some yeah. you have to be like really fast and get them at exactly the right time less yeah, you know, and like much less if you don't have the cues telling you what to do right and you imagine this was like an arcade game back in the day. People would show up, put a quarter in, be dead in 10 seconds. Yep. They'd be like, I guess I pressed the wrong button. Mm-hmm. Like, let me get another quarter and try again. It's... Yeah. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. That game, that game is, is is really cool for its animation. And... Oh, the animation is amazing. And that's about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a gaming milestone, and it's a really neat thing to have existed. But in terms of me playing it, I got... Very, I got more frustration than uh, entertainment. I think out of that one. I hear you. Yeah, I I 100% agree on that. I'm interested. I was watching this one uh, either this morning or yesterday. Uh, the your newest one, Burning Rangers. Burning Rangers for Sega yeah. Saturn. That one. So again, like I wasn't watching it intently. I kind of had it in the background while I was doing some other stuff. This the, nothing really stands out as that remarkable about this game to me. Did it? How did, how did you like that one? I'm just ca- kind of curious. Yeah, um, I think I got a similar feel to it. It was so that's a third person shooter on the the Sega Saturn, um, I, and I think it's it's another one of those games that like when it came out, it was you know the graphics would have blown people away, the controls would have been like pretty innovative at the time and stuff. But nowadays, um, like we have other games that have sort of perfected the 3D formula a bit more that it's it's a little harder to go back to something like that. Okay. Um, so it's basically a game where you run around putting out fires with lasers, um, which is something you can do in the future. I didn't know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, it, it wasn't, uh, I, I don't think it was a bad game, um, but definitely, yeah, you could sort of feel its age as you were playing it. Yeah, you know, that's actually sort of the impression that I got as I was, you know, kind of watching it. It was like, okay, I can see how this was kind of interesting for the time because it's not like, you know, the million other games where you're running around shooting bad guys, you're putting out fire. So that's kind of an interesting right. thing. So that's that's sort of unique, but then it sort of like stops there for me. Yeah. Um, it does have one of the most amazing anime intro scenes i've ever seen i think i put at the very end of the video oh okay. um, i haven't seen that yet. but there's this long animated sequence where there's it's like all in anime style like akira or something and they're like okay. singing burning rangers fighting <laughs> fires and running at the speed of lights and just crazy lyrics Holy, all right i'm gonna have to check this out for sure I, i'm yeah i actually have it paused in my in my tab still so i'm only halfway through so i'm gonna have to <laughs> if nothing else fast forward because i gotta see that sure yeah. all right Six. So, uh, real quick, I, w- I want to know if there are any... Well, okay, first off, uh, what's your favorite game ever? Ooh, 
that is that is a huge question. <laughs> I can help you um, out. I can help you out with this. It's probably Monkey Island, right, or Metal Gear Solid, one of those. Those are just say yes. You know just say yes. <laughs> I I would say a partial yes to Metal Gear, so- Gear Solid from Monkey Island. I never played it. Okay, is that in the um, book? But but it it is. Okay, yeah. So, I would hope it is. I would hope so too. Oh yeah. So I will be playing it eventually, but yeah, okay. I haven't played that one before. Okay, what would you say your favorite game, or like you know, a couple like one or two or three favorite games? If you yeah, um, geez, well, one of my favorites would probably be like maybe Halo Two. Um, I think that was one of my favorite Xbox games. Okay. Um. Uh, maybe like Mario Brothers Two actually. Oh wow! <laughs> I don't like that one. I like two. No, oh, I, no. I love two. I think two is the best one. I, I find two is just so unique that mm-hmm, it, it is. It, it's like the older the Mario series has gotten, the more different it's become because every game has been very similar to Mario three in style in terms of you can fly and there's lots of secrets and stuff. Yeah. And it just made me want a sequel to Mario, like a real sequel to Mario two, where you're going back to dream world, back that. to fighting Wart um, over the years. I just like the uh, yeah. variation in characters you can choose from that are, it's beneficial depending on the level. Like you kind of learn over time, which characters are, yeah and that was a really interesting sort of unique aspect to it um i think mario 3 is like the go-to for more people because it's it had a lot more in it but i like the uniqueness of mario 2 i think with retrospect i I think mario 3 is probably more well 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 rounded (laughs) yeah uh but i i I do enjoy 2 quite a bit it was actually the first one i beat was the second one that's so funny because that's the only one i haven't beat out of like all the early marios that's why you don't like it that's part. I mean, yeah, I think that is part of the reason because I have it's such like a, a spike hard day. thing. You hate the game now because you can't get through it. And I sometimes I'll like. I would hate a lot of games then. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I'll turn it on and be like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it now." Like, because I can't just. I feel like I can't just let it go because I've beaten all the other ones. And right. uh, then I'll get like, you know, like five levels in. I'm like, I hate this game, and I just turn it back off. <laughs> do you, are there any uh, games that you are disappointed are not in this book? Ooh. Many. There's oh, actually, really? yeah. So one common criticism, if you look online about this book, is that the 70s and 80s are smaller than the 2000s and 2010s. And so the writers and editors of this book had a bit of a bias towards newer games. Okay. Um, and so that's actually one of the reasons why on Saturdays I play games that aren't in the book to try to oh. even it out and include more games from sort of the uh, classic interesting um, era. But um, I think, um, let's see, what was not included? There's a, a terrific old uh, NES game called River City Ransom. I don't know if oh, you've yeah, heard yeah. about that. Yeah, you just run around beating people up with pipes yeah. and chains and stuff. Not yeah. in the book. Um, wow. I think things like Golden Axe and Masters of Orion aren't oh, in the man. book. Wow. Uh, really? Golden Axe? Yeah. Leisure <laughs> Suit Larry wasn't in the book. I had to play that on Saturday. Uh, I can... I can understand that. It, it is iconic. <laughs> well, no, I, yeah. that's true. That's true. Uh, I don't think Contra was in the book. What? Yeah. Huh. I just played Contra 3 for like several hours. This Contra 3 was in the book, but the first Contra. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. So I think Contra 3 was the best one, was it not? Am yeah. Wrong about that? Oh, yeah. Contra 3 was. That was the Super Nintendo good. one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's weird that uh, out of a thousand and one games that some of those... Golden Axe, that really surprises me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and so yeah again so the saturday thing kind of corrects it so you know that's cool add in well, some extra well, games you. yeah i like that thank you all right cool well uh i think i guess we'll go ahead and get on with the show proper in that case right. um real quick before we jump into news jay and i finished our <laughs> contest <laughs> moments ago uh i have a cigar in my mouth just sitting here <laughs> Do you um you want you want to talk about it or you want me you want me to? No, it's it's fine. It's more enjoyable to listen to you talk about it. <laughs> so Jay wins the uh, the strategy guide that we're doing the contest for. Who uh, which Chase the night cleaner is sending to us. That's it. You're not going to elaborate on the game we played I'm, or how, I'm getting there. how much of a landslide it was. Okay. Well, we we played Tricky Towers. That we finally found something that first of all. We could play against each other. Tricky in. Towers is what he said. Your mic cut off for a second. Tricky uh, Towers. Okay, yeah, sorry. Tricky Towers, and uh, which is a Tetris-like. It's like almost exactly like Tetris. It even like it uses the same pieces and all that. But uh, like if stuff <clears throat> stuff like doesn't always line up perfectly, and when it doesn't, then it starts to wobble. So you're trying to build these towers with Tetris pieces. Uh, there are a few different goals, but like the main one is to like get the high, get up to a certain point high. Uh, and be the first person to do that when you're playing uh, against each other. It's a more advanced. It's Tetris with a, with several more mechanics to it. It's a pretty fun game, like overall. Yeah, I, I had fun like with Jenga. it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it falling over. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, sort of like Jenga. Uh, but imagine like if the pieces like got at weird angle, like at 45 degree angles and stuff, and then you still had to stack them on top of each other. That's that's what it is. Uh. So we played a few warm-up... So both of us had never played this before. We played a few warm-up matches, and I pretty much annihilated Jay in every single warm-up yeah, match okay. we played. Uh, then, I was, then I was like, all right, let's do it. Best best of five. And I lost the first one. And then I lost the second one, and then I lost the third one. And the fourth one, and the fifth one. Well, those... Okay. Yeah, but I'd already... That, those weren't part of the contest, because I had already lost the contest at that point. It's the contest of life, Robert. <laughs> but this is what we're doing. Uh, Chase the Night Cleaner. Don't send Jay Star Fox yet. He's been kind enough to say that I can keep that one because he doesn't really care about that. Because that's like the only one he doesn't really care Something about. Something I don't care. I just, I know you will enjoy it substantially more than me. And I've already received two of my favorite games in the form of Player's Guide. So, so we're going to pick another one of, like another one or two of the other ones uh, for D- for Jay to win for this contest. And then we'll play something else for, I don't remember how many of the rest are left, but we'll play some others for the future uh, strategy guys that you're going to send to us, which we, once again, greatly appreciate. Also, also, we had a bet. (laughs) We had a bet uh, regarding UFC 214, uh, regarding the results, which, you know, of course, the champ champed it. And uh, Robert is now forced to continue his playthrough of Kingdom Hearts for a set amount of time to be determined. The duration. Uh, no, I think we said two hours. Okay, we said two hours. Okay. I thought we did, but I wasn't sure. So Robert is forced to play Kingdom Hearts for two hours. I'm tempted to make you play the beginning again since you've already played that <laughs> and you'll hate it even more. Oh, gee, oh, the be- like I wouldn't get through the beginning if I had to do that. The beginning of that game is terrible. I mean, the I rest of it is all terrible, but the beginning is even worse <laughs> than the rest of it. Okay, maybe we'll do that then. No, let's. Well. I'll do whatever you tell me to. I think it would be more interesting. I, w- I would kind of like to, since I have to play it, like see if it keeps staying as bad as I feel like it is or if it gets any better. Okay, we'll do that then. I okay. That. So two hours. Thanks, you're so kind. I'd prefer if you record it so we have proof. <laughs> but... So uh, if I record it. I concur. 
<laughs> no, he wants to say. I'll record it with my phone. Like, <laughs> set up my phone. I, I know phone. you probably haven't heard this yet, Jay, but uh, the first time Robert played this game, he went on a tangent that was, I don't even know, like 50, 60 minutes straight of just railing this game into the ground, like just destroying it. Blake and I were so. That sounds painful. Oh, it was so really bad. not like it. Have you ever played Kingdom Hearts, Jay? Uh, sorry, my audio cut out there for a sec. What'd you say? Uh, sorry, have you ever played Kingdom Hearts? Um, I, th- I played one of them for my channel. Um, oh, okay. <clears throat> I, I'm trying to remember if it was one or two. Um, I had a, a mixed experience with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. I, I found it, it very, very weird. It was, it was an interesting concept, but it was a very weird mishmash of, uh, exactly. I agree. I like characters. the, con- I like the concept. I liked the concept. I do not like it anymore. I, I at the think, time, I thought it was great, and now I'm still down no. with the concept because I like Disney stuff. But uh, so, do you want to play for three hours then? No, because the game is terrible. The game <laughs> you're talking the... yourself into more. Ask <laughs> for another. Oh bruising. man! So, yeah, it was. If you hadn't listened to the last episode, it, and if you care, it was uh, the bet specifically was on the Daniel Jones or Daniel Jones. Holy oh shit. yeah, John Daniel Jones, Cormier. <laughs> Daniel Cormier, John Jones fight. Um, which was kind of a big deal, yeah. and uh, didn't didn't turn out too well for my man Daniel Cormier. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. So that was kind of sad. But you know, I I, I don't want to talk about this because once again, I don't think most of yeah, us probably not. care. But uh, one thing I will say is that um, I heard, I saw an interview with John Jones, and I think it was before the fight, and he said that um, he was like, you know, I think uh. I don't know why Daniel Cormier is so obsessed with having to be the best. I think he ne- just needs to like be satisfied with being the best fighter in the world uh, besides me. And I actually agree with him on that. Even though I don't really like John Jones, uh, I th- I actually agree with that pretty much 100% like There's nothing pro- wrong with yeah. there's nothing wrong with being the second best fighter in the whole entire world. You just have to accept the fact that John Jones is the goat. <clears throat> you kind of have to I mean, that's <laughs> all so I drank a little bit too much that night and I like woke up and saw like a hundred text messages that I sent to Jason. Like, Oh yeah. Some funny stuff. Oh yeah. I have to admit I, he's the I best. I got so many text messages actually that night. Oh, did funny. you really? Yeah. Basically it's me ranting about how I don't like him, but I have to admit that he's the best fighter and, uh, and like he's the greatest. It's been a good of week for me Robert. Oh jeez, It's wow. I've lost a lot of stuff in the past seven days. It's true. You should stop betting. <laughs> no, no, that sounds like correctly. stage advice actually <laughs> i might need to do that so uh all right so that's 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 enough of that's enough of stuff that most people probably don't care about uh real quick news i've got two things cool so <laughs> i got nothing this week so that'll be able... the gift that keeps on giving mighty number nine. Oh wow what is going on now so as we all know this was the uh kickstarted spiritual successor to Mega Man. Which was very disappointing, not only because it was delayed fantastically, but uh, it turned out to be a very boring game. Everybody was very disappointed with it. Now, the uh, f- one of the uh, physical rewards for one of, like, one of the reward tiers was uh, you get a physical box of the game. Oh, no. So they actually shipped those. This is, the, this is a year after the game came out, by the way. They finally shipped those to the backers that uh, backed at that level. And uh, so one one complaint, which I don't really think is a big deal, is that the box, uh, ha- like like you have to like uh, like 
fold it yourself. It comes like in like the flat version. You know, oh, you, okay. you know, you can like flatten the box out. That'd be really cool for collectors. <clears throat> yeah, so I don't have a problem. Some people were complaining about that. I don't see a big deal, and I think it's probably actually better to ship it that way if you want to keep it, you know, from getting yeah. bent. And, so, yeah. but it comes with a manual, and when you fold the box up to in its box form, oh, the no. manual does not fit inside the box. <laughs> How do you fuck that up? <laughs> How do you mess that up? Like what? That's a good question. Uh, I think that's everybody's question. That's too funny. It Simple looked like. Thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, exactly. How do you not pay attention to those dimensions? Like, I wonder if they like looked at the box, if they like measured the box as it was folded ah, out enough. and had one of the edges sticking out. <laughs> like, oh, this is big enough because it looks like if you like bend the manual, it'll feel like cram in there. That's so, too funny. There's your uh, annual Mighty Number no. Nine news. We'll see what happens next year. And then uh, also, you may have heard about this a few weeks ago. <clears throat> So, you know, of course, everyone's waiting for the uh, Super Nintendo Classic to uh, come out ever since that's been announced, and particularly waiting to, to for, for pre-orders to open. I think pre-orders have started in the UK, but no uh, no place in North America, or at least not in the United States. I don't think anywhere in North America has taken pre-orders yet. Well, like three weeks ago, or something like that, uh, Walmart started taking pre-orders for it, oh. and, and everybody was kind of freaking out. I didn't get a pre-order in because... I don't know why I'm having trouble saying that. I actually I got one in. Did you? Oh! Yeah. <laughs> That's too funny. Jay, why don't you tell us how that turned out? Uh, they came up at like 11.30 at the ni- in the night. Uh, nobody was expecting it. And it was like a mad dash to get there. Um, I went to the site instantly, got my pre-order in, clicked on the link so I could send it to a friend of mine, and the website was gone. Didn't exist. Whoa. Didn't- it wasn't oh, really? closed. The website was gone. It was <laughs> this page does not exist. So I thought, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I thought they just sold out instantly, and they had to take it down to mad panic. Um, and then for days after that, people, odd people, were getting cancellations. Um, but it seemed to be problems with payment, possibly, on the people who oh. did get cancellations. And I had a confirmation. Never got a cancellation. I was like, if I make it through the weekend, it's probably okay. And then they canceled everybody. Oof. They canceled every <laughs> single pre-order everybody like, made. Like six or seven days later. How do you screw later. that up? How do you screw that up? That's, that's the theme of this episode, I think. Oh, no. How do you screw I that think up? somebody, literally their hand slipped on a keyboard and accidentally made that page live. <laughs> like, yeah, really, that, like, probably is pretty yeah. basically what happened. Yeah. Or they're like, oh, this nobody's published this page yet. We need to get this up. Like they just saw it in like the back. Yeah, end weird. This one is enough for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm helping. Yeah, I'll fix this. So, needless to say, many many uh, fans of the or many many potential buyers of the SNES Classic were very disappointed and uh, in some cases angry, yep. as you might imagine. Maybe yep. they did this as a test to get an understanding of what kind of inventory they need, so they can actually <laughs> produce the correct number this time. <laughs> That would be a pretty asshole way to do a test. That's true. What would you prefer, this or not enough? Oh, there's not going to be enough, even if they did this. Yeah, there's not going to be enough anyways. So, there's our news for the week. Very entertaining stuff. Love it. Um, I guess let's go ahead and talk about... Let's do our games. I'm going to do a... What, video games? Yeah, video games. If we talk about those sometimes, let's see... uh... 
Who goes first? I go first. Oh, jeez. <laughs> if that's cool with you guys. It's always a bad sign. All right. Uh, sure. So, for this episode, I played uh, Warhammer 40K Dawn oh, of War. Oh, did you? <laughs> that's the RTS, right? Yeah, yeah, the RTS. I absolutely love this game. I've been trying to play this game for so long again. Wow. I uh, Sorry not to interject, but mm-hmm. on Monday, I have a video coming out. <laughs> That's so funny. Because <laughs> you were saying, or I think this was before the episode started, you uh, yeah. you played, you have Super Metroid coming up, which I just played, and also ActRaiser, which we were He's saying. just following you. We're going yeah. to be playing. It, this, I swear I'm not stalking you. It's just getting creepy, though. <laughs> yeah, I, swear, I think stalkers don't stalkers say I swear I'm not stalking you though that's true that is just yeah that's what a stalker would say isn't it <laughs> uh, so I played Warhammer 40k Dawn of War uh, it's a real time strategy game oh I don't have the year for it I'll find it later uh, real time strategy game it's not it's I feel like it came around like 2004-ish or something like that does that sound about right I was right? gonna say that yeah I think okay. that's right okay and uh, this is a really cool strategy game and it's got some unique things compared so like most of my i I really like real-time strategy games but i have not played very many of them really the main ones i've played are uh, starcraft and of course starcraft 2 oh cool okay and uh warcraft 3 and then uh before that uh a lot of the red alert games i guess mostly just red alert and red alert uh 2 and so I really like this genre, but I just haven't played a lot of games in it. This is such a good one. Like, oh, I love this series, or this game, rather. This is a really good one. I don't think it's as good as StarCraft, for instance. But, I mean, StarCraft it has is possibly the best. It has very unique mechanics. Yeah, that's yeah, the thing. So, yeah. yeah, it does have a lot of different stuff. So, like, one of the, thing, one of the like, uh, biggest differences to me is the uh, morale system, where... Your units don't just have uh, hit points; they also have morale points, and their their morale. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, the way I understand it, their morale goes down kind of alongside hit points, but like there are different weapons that will make morale go down faster. Um, and it may deplete a little faster than the HP in general, anyway. But then there are weapons that make it go down like even faster than that, I believe. And and if their uh, if a unit's morale goes down all the way, <clears throat> then their attacks uh, basically don't do any damage, and they're kind of like useless. It's, it's it's sort of like they you know got you know too freaked out by the fight, and they're unable to do anything worth uh, you know that's 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 effective against the enemy. They also they they of course have health as well. So if you get their health all the way down, then they're dead. But if you get their morale down, that's almost just as good because they can't do any damage to you. And then you can kind of if they don't retreat, then uh, then you're just going to sit there and and shoot them until they're dead. So it adds this cool mechanic where if you're got, with where like you will actually where it actually tactically makes sense to retreat. Whereas like a lot of times in these games, I feel like even if you get into a battle or like you know skirmish or something and you're outnumbered, you kind of just have to sit there and wait it out because if you run away, you're just going to get killed anyways. Yep. Um, whereas in this one, it actually makes sense to retreat because not only are you not doing any damage? So, you know, it doesn't really matter if you stay there or fight or, you, you know, you might as well take the chance to run away. You also have, uh, your units, I feel like have a lot more hit points compared to the damage that they take than like a lot of other RTSs. Yeah. Something to note too, is it's not, when you develop a unit, it's not just one unit that you're developing. It's a, right. a squad. They move in squad. So it's not like you're t- 
typical one where it's just one unit fighting one unit. It's squads, and they usually there's a lot of environmental things going to it. Yeah, that's a good point. And like, they will like so the battles last a lot longer because, like I said, their HP is a lot higher compared to like the amount of damage that most of the units uh, inflict, as compared to most RTSs. So you might have a battle that goes on for like you know, a minute or, like, a couple minutes, whereas I feel like in most other games, it's not really, like... That's a lot a battle... for an RTS. That's yeah, it's so like, much for an RTS. Typically, like, 10 to 20 seconds or something yeah. like that. And that's that'd be a long one, yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, I'm sitting here going, so that's why my guys sucked in combat. I didn't know about the morale <laughs> system. I'd never oh, really? played the game before. <laughs> yeah. Like, why, are they, why are they just getting worn down or something? That's weird. Oh, I'll build more guys. You need to learn how to stock better. You <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's a that's a pretty key aspect of it. Uh, I can see how that could kind of mess you up if you didn't know about it. Um, what else? Oh yeah, okay. So so like getting resources, like money, essentially to uh, to to get more units with is also different. You don't just have like you don't just have, you know, in StarCraft you have your uh, like mineral fields that are like right by your base. In the Red Alert games you have that, but they're also kind of like a little bit more open. Like they're sort of spread out randomly. You don't have to have a base right next to one. You can sort of send out these trucks like to go uh, mine the ore. It's a little bit more open that way. In this one, you don't have anything like that. You have checkpoints. And you when you control a uh, checkpoint, then you get, you get, it's called requisition. Which is basically the currency. I do not remember this. Really? That's funny. Cause that's... I'm so excited to play this game again. <laughs> so it does a couple of cool things. <clears throat> Well, and it makes you really have to be, like, active right off the bat. You can't just, like, sit in your base and, like, you know, build up defenses and mine, you know, out of your own base. Because, you know, once you control a point, you can't... It's not like StarCraft where if you where you can have, like, you know, a bunch of guys on a, on a patch of minerals... And you're getting more uh, more money from it if you have more guys. You don't you don't have units gathering this stuff. All you do is if you control it, then you're getting a certain amount of income from it, and then you can build an upgrade on it, which gets you a little bit more. Well, it gets you some more income and also kind of defends it a little bit better. But but that's it. So it's all it's basically static. You control a place, you build your upgrade, which you always will, and then you get you know a set amount of income from it. Uh, you know it kind of trickles in. So you have to be active on the map right from the get-go and kind of run out and capture as many of these as you can right off the bat so you can start getting more money. You can't just, again, you can't just like turtle up in your base. It won't work. It's kind of uh, more like Risk, like the old board game. You had to control territory and that's how you earned. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good analogy. It's kind of like that. And so, uh, you know, obviously, you know, one of the big things that happens is you start fighting for checkpoints on the map. And that's where a lot of the battles take place is not necessarily trying to kill the other guy's base, but because there are so many checkpoints usually in between your two, ba uh, your two bases, you're kind of fighting for the checkpoints a lot of the time. So I think that has a really cool dynamic where it's not just, all right, going to sit here and build up my army. And once they get to a certain amount of strength, I'm going to go. It's like, no, I got to really take care of all this stuff while I'm, uh, you know, while I'm building up my army and advancing my tech and, and all this stuff. Um, also the, the victory conditions, there are like a couple different victory conditions and you can change the, uh, like the rules of the skirmish whenever you play, you know, just like a, you know, skirmish mode game. But typically it's like, you know, obviously if you destroy all of their forces in their base, then you win. But then it's also, if you have a couple, there are, um, I think they're called critical checkpoints that give you a, a little bit more money and you can't build defenses on them. If you control, I think it's like half or maybe, maybe it's even like. 30%. I don't know. It's got to be half. If you control half of those or some, some percentage, then, uh, 
if you control those for if you control half for like three minutes, then you automatically win. So like sometimes right. you get a, you'll get a message that says, uh, you know, your enemy controls, you know, four out of six of these, you know, here's the countdown timer. You better go do something about it. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's uh, what kind of else? A, a neat difference between, as you were saying, like StarCraft or Command and Conquer, where you just sort of sit back and build up. Yeah, and it, you know, in those games, in StarCraft and Command and Conquer, you you know, if 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 you're good, a lot of the time you will kind of pick at the opponent's base here and there, right? And you will be ag- as aggressive as you can if you can, but right again not nearly to the to the same extent and and like you said it does make sense if you're there are certain strategies still where you would just turtle up in your own base as as kind of as as you said right. jay uh this one you flat out just cannot do that uh it's also very heavily upgrade based whereas so uh, you know i'm i'm kind of using the starcraft and red alert analogy because that's sort of what i was always familiar with obviously you have you know, plenty of upgrades in those games and you overall like advance your tech as the, uh, as the battles go on. So you can get bigger and better units in this one. You have that, but you also have a lot more upgrades like within the same units. So like you'll build a squad and then even just within that squad, aside from like your, uh, like race, you know, all the upgrades that apply to all of your units, you can upgrade like individual units within your squad and say, okay, I want this guy to have a rocket launcher, or I want this guy to have a flamethrower, or I want this guy to have a, a bolt gun, and then I'm going to add a, a commander to this squad so they so everybody performs a little bit, bit better. And you can even add individual units to the squad. You can be like, all right, no, it's, you, and it's all like one thing at a time, so you kind of always have to make a choice whether you're going to add another unit to the squad or upgrade one of the unit's uh, weapons or do whatever. So yeah, that really... struck me as one of the most unique things when I when I tried that game is the upgrading of the squads and having to make those kinds of choices. It's, re- it's really interesting. Yeah, it is. It's, it's really interesting. And it's it like, for me, it made the game. I, I really like the mechanic that the, the idea of uh, having to do that against somebody who really knows what they're doing was very daunting to me because <laughs> with all of that stuff going on, I'm like, how could I ever, were you playing like, against a real person or the, AI? no, I was not, I was only playing against the AI. So I, okay. I was doing more or less fine. <laughs> But, uh, but I was like, man, if I was playing against somebody, like if I was trying to play online, for instance, I would have no mm-hmm. idea how, how to, uh, how to even start getting like the best unit composition because mm-hmm. there are so many options. And then it's also going to depend on what your opponent has. And then it's also right. going to be on top of that. It's difficult to tell what the opponent has because their units basically look the same unless you're going to zoom in and see exactly what guns each of like, <laughs> right. the individual guys have. So like that was very daunting to me. Uh, again, if I planned on like playing much online, which I don't, which I don't, uh, so it's fine. We but, should play uh, each other. Yeah, no, we should. That'd be fun. Uh, but that that's that was all. Like you said, it's it's kind of crazy and really really unique and kind of fun. Uh, there's also uh, hero units, kind of like Warcraft Three, where you have uh, guys that you can attach to a squad or kind of send out on their own. And they're like super powerful and they have uh, special abilities and that stuff. And of course there, once you start getting uh, your tech a little bit more advanced, there's vehicles and then there are more advanced units. It's, it's not all just upgrading the same units. That's, that's a lot of, did you see the, the final three units? A lot of them. Um, I did on some of them and some of them they're are so absolutely cool. nuts. Yeah. I love the orc ones. What are they called? Are they called orcs in that game? Oh uh, yeah. They're called orcs with a K. Is it, is that the one where it's like a, dinosaur basically yeah it's like a giant i don't even know <laughs> that thing 
It was nuts. So sick. With uh, the chaos. So there's four races, which is also cool. Um, one of them is the chaos. And they're like, so it's, it's space marines, orcs, and those are kind of like the basic ones. And then there's uh, Eldar, which, again, to use a StarCraft analogy, is kind of like the Protoss. They're like an advanced alien race. And then there's the chaos. Huh? Did you know that Warhammer was actually kind of the basis for StarCraft? Actually, you mean Warcraft, but yeah. Or, sorry, Star... No, StarCraft. I heard it was the bit of... That's one of the influences for Warcraft, even. I mean, I guess, that may be oh, that's true. interesting. I can see it going but, both ways. Are you talking more about the lore? Um, well, there's there's the Space Marines. There's like a bug race. There's like a psychic race. Like you just said, the, the sort of Protoss analogy and, race. I've heard the graphics um, as well. The cartoony aspects of it was... was and even the Space oh, yeah. Marines in Warhammer look a lot like the Space Marines in StarCraft. That's when funny. did the first... When did the first Warhammer thing come out? Do you have any idea? I have no clue. I think the 80s. It was a board game, right? Oh, is it that old? Wow. I yeah, it was, like yeah, it was a board 90s. game wow. originally. Yeah, I didn't know it was... Well, it might I have been the 90s. But... I just don't know one way or the other. Yeah. I, I'm pretty... Uh, someone someone can correct me, I'm sure. But I, I'm pretty sure that uh, it was an influence on StarCraft for Blizzard. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I can definitely see that because there are a lot of similarities. Um. You know, some of the video game stuff, you know, particularly, um, well, video game wise, you know, the Blizzard stuff preceded this one, but I can see how they took a lot of like the general ideas and like, again, like lore wise and that kind of stuff and and use that on uh, particularly StarCraft, like you were saying. Yeah, I think the, the board game inspired StarCraft. The video game obviously came after StarCraft. Right. Yeah. But I can see. Oh, yeah, I can see that for sure. It makes a lot of sense. So back to uh, other Jay, what you were saying, like the later, like the later units. Some of them are nuts. I had so the chaos. The fourth race is the uh, chaos, and they're like a corrupt version of the Space Marines. They are like Space Marines that worship demons, basically, and like they're so cool. They're yeah, so cool. They're that was that was probably my favorite race to play, and uh, they um like one of their I, th- I guess it's like their their best unit, like their the last one that you can get is like this giant demon. And he's so strong. Like, I had him... So, first off, you summon him, and his health, like, gradually goes down. Like, even when he's not, you know, like, attacking or, you know, being attacked by anything. So, you have him for a limited time, but he has so much health. I I was just curious. So, I sent him all alone, and he fought, like, three squads plus, like, a a bolt turret, like, you know, which is, like, a defensive kind of uh, uh, building type thing. And like three vehicles all by himself and he destroyed all of them while also taking damage automatically and he still had 80% of his health when he was done. Jeez. <laughs> it was crazy. So I really like that was another cool thing. Like once you get to those super like high level, high, like high tier units, like the scale of the game really sort of blows up, which I thought was really cool. Uh, what else do I have? Um... Got the, oh, so like so another really kind of weird and fun mechanic is the orcs. They have a, uh, I don't know what you call it, a resource, I guess, called Wah. Or I guess it's probably called Wah! Yeah, I love that. <laughs> it's called, it's W like A-A-A-A-A-G-G-G-H in all caps. 
and you get it by building uh, buildings that have like defense they're defensive buildings but they have these big banners on them that say wa they're called like wa banner buildings or something like that and you have to have enough of those and build up your wa meter before you can build like certain it's like basically a technology before you can like uh, tech up to certain levels so that was really funny and then just like the stuff like the like the orcs like their units names their building names are all like just like dumb it's like really like it's like unit it's like uh big boys and like bigger boys orcs or something like that it's like that's how they name all their stuff so like they really i, I really like how they just sort of like went all out and just had fun with that my uh say anything huh? do the units say anything funny when you click on them do uh, they, they uh... do but i don't remember <laughs> specifically what they said yeah pretty much like all the units say uh something or other but I don't remember. I'm sure the orcs do say like funny, stupid things, but I don't remember what they say. Yeah. Uh, one of my complaints is actually, I guess really the only complaint that I can think of is that, um, well, okay. There's two. One is the controls are clunky. They don't always like do exactly what you tell them to. Sometimes you'll tell them to, sometimes they will be like attacking, uh, you know, like some, like the enemies, and you'll click to tell them to like retreat and like most of them will retreat and a couple will just like stay there and keep fighting. They're like, no, I got this. And so that was kind of funny that they just like, don't do what you say sometimes. And also like when you're capturing points, they can't just be standing like around it. You have to click directly on the point and then like they walk up to it, they put their flag in it and stand around for like, it takes about a minute for the point to get captured. Sometimes I would click on it and I would click on it. And they would walk up to it and just stand right next to it without doing anything. I'm like, I clicked on this dude. Why aren't you capturing it? So that got a little, that, that was, I mean, it was just kind of a minor annoyance. Uh, also, the pathfinding gets really, gets really uh, troublesome at, at times. Especially if you have a big army and you're trying to get uh, a lot of guys through. And I, I feel like this was a problem for a lot of RTSs sort of around this era. Because I'm thinking of the, uh, the, the Dragoons in StarCraft in the original StarCraft. Oh, 100%. Which, the choke yeah. with clunky units. Yeah, this had the same problems. Like, sometimes they'll, like, start just going, like, you just don't know where they're going. Uh, you know, if stuff starts getting stopped up on the path, or sometimes, like, they'll just stop and sit there while, like, other guys go. Or, like, the worst is, like, when 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 uh, they'll start shooting, but, like, these guys can't get there. So, and, you know, I guess, you know, this is, to be fair, this is kind of uh, just something that you have to be aware of in RTSs. But you'll have, like, a like a, an entire squad of guys just standing behind the other guys, not shooting because they can't quite reach them. So you have to, like, tell them to walk forward a little bit, and hopefully they don't, hopefully they'll actually stop attacking and then walk forward so that everybody has space to attack. But um, I'm probably getting a little bit picky there because that's sort of just something that you have to deal with in most RTSs. But the pathfinding in general, if, if you tell a bunch of guys to go to one spot and there, it's, like, in a valley or through like, you know, a little pathway of some sort, then you're going to have problems. But, uh, yeah, overall, this was a really fun game. Like I, I, like I said earlier, kind of like with the orcs, you kind of, kind of feel it overall. Like they really like, they, they, you feel like they were really going for like, let's just come up with like whatever fun things we can for this game. I feel like they, they did take it seriously and it is pretty well balanced, but at the same time, they're like, oh, let's throw this in. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be neat if we like had a wah meter or like a giant dinosaur or like a demon that can kill basically an entire army by its own? And you don't see that type of stuff in a lot of other RCSs. So, yeah. uh, so you, so you guys sounds like both, both also like this game. Yes, I'm downloading it right now. Seriously. What'd you say? You're downloading it right now? Yeah. <laughs> 
I love this game. That was super fun. I haven't played it in years though. Um, Jay, did you Jay other Jay? Did you play yeah. the campaign or skirmish mode more, or how did you do that for your? Yeah, uh... so um, I just played the campaign. I didn't get nearly as far as uh, you guys. So these like giant dinosaurs and stuff that you're mentioning didn't mm-hmm. even know they were in the game. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, I assume there was stuff that I wasn't seeing, but I didn't get that far. Um, yeah, I think I played. It's whatever the the first campaign is. I think it's humans, and I was killing a lot of. I think no, I think there's works. only I think there's only humans in the campaign. Like oh, as there's far only as, a human campaign. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think so. Is that Jay? Do you have any idea? That sounds correct. If I'm not, yeah, I believe <clears> the first I, one was just the humans. Because I remember at one point I was like, it, at one point it really makes it seem like you're about to take over the orcs, and then it goes back to the humans. And I looked it up, and from what I could tell, it looked like all the missions are just humans. Right. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it though. I, I, as I said, I thought it was really interesting how you had to upgrade your units um, and how you could add guys to the squad and like have different weapons and stuff. Um, I think I did notice some of the things you were mentioning with like uh, the sort of uh, slightly clunky pathfinding mm-hmm. and like having to click precisely on the capture points. I, I remember that uh, as well. Um, and as I said, I didn't know about morale, so I never retreated. Um, <laughs> But uh, my my guys did okay in the end. We we won a few battles, so yeah, that's good. Uh, I enjoyed that's it. That's important. Yeah. Cool. All right, uh, Jay. How about you go ahead and uh, you want to take you want to get you want to go second? Sure. Nope, wrong one. Oh, All right. sorry. <laughs> sure. Wow. All right. Bias. <laughs> Guess All first, right? You... right? <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, the game uh, that I thought I'd talk about uh, is uh, one that I'm actually in the process of playing through um, on Saturdays on my channel. It's uh, another strategy game, actually. Um, again, I'm not stalking you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> called uh, Battletech uh, colon The Crescent Hawks Revenge. Um, ah, this is a pretty old one, right? This is old. It came out, I think it was 1990, if I have my years correct. Okay. Um, it was developed by Westwood Studios, who went on to create Dune 2 and then Command and Conquer and then Red Alert. So, um, you know, some of the original creators of the real-time strategy uh, genre. Um, it's, I would almost consider it like a proto real-time strategy game. Like, it's not quite a real-time strategy game, but it's like in the genre almost. Um so uh, for people who don't know, the Battletech universe is basically, it, it's like Game of Thrones with mechs in space, is, is basically what <laughs> it is. <laughs> so, sold. Badass. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a bunch of great houses competing for a throne, and uh, they, they fight in these giant mechs, and there's planetary invasions and stuff. It's genius. Um, yeah. You know, before Game of Thrones, it was a lot harder to explain Battletech to people, but now it's like... <laughs> Game of Thrones. Yeah, is I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. Like, oh, got it. Um. So yeah. Okay. So the way the game works is it's kind of a real-time strategy-ish game. Um, you control anywhere from two to twelve mechs on the battlefield, um, and you issue commands to them, um, and they go and they sort of fight in real time. Uh, when you click on units to issue commands, though. Uh, the game sort of pauses and you get a chance to inspect your unit and, and do anything that you need to do. Um, and so in the Battletech universe, these mechs, um, you know, they have like rocket launchers and autocannons and uh, lasers, machine guns, and 
there's a huge variety of sort of weapons and loadouts for your different mechs. They all have different sort of armor statistics. And there's a lot of sort of tactical strategy in the combat. So for instance, units typically take more damage if they're getting hit on their rear than the front. So one strategy is to try to split your units up and try to flank the enemy and have some units firing from behind and others at the front. So the mech can't turn around and then you can destroy them more easily. Um, there's no base building. There's no resource management, um, which is why it's not a full real-time strategy game. Um, but it's interesting because if you do play it, you kind of start to see, you know, maybe the gears working in Westwood's head about, you know, where they were getting yeah. the ideas that they would put into things like oh, sure. Dune 2 and stuff. Um, it's, uh, it's also a very, very hard game. Um, if you decide to play it, you may swear a little bit. Um, it has moments where it, uh, it definitely, you know, it's got the old the old retro gaming uh, challenge to it. So definitely it starts off on some really hard missions actually. And I forgot just how hard. Yeah. I think the first mission you have a single mech and you have to prevent another faster mech from reaching your ship, which is crashed into the water and all your other people are in there. And so you have to fight off this one mech, but he's just going to run right by you. So you have this one mech and you have to try and destroy this faster mech. And if you damage him too much, he'll just run away and then he'll come back with other mechs to fight you uh, in later <laughs> missions. <laughs> so it's fun. like, you can't let him run by you and you can't just graze him. You got to kill him. Um, and it's actually pretty tough. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so in the... In the uh, so so I, I put a video of this out last Saturday, actually, and I have another one coming out tomorrow. Um, so it's it's kind of the game I've been playing, which is why I thought I'd talk about it. But uh, last weekend, I basically helped fend off like a planetary invasion of... Uh, so in the Battletech universe, uh, House Curita is like this samurai Japanese um, kind of society, and they've invaded um, a mercenary world. So I was helping them fend off the invasion. You're making this um, game sound wicked cool. Yeah, I was about to say it's, samurais now? <laughs> it's like Game of Thrones with mechs in space. All right, I'm listening. Yeah, and samurais. And samurais. Like, oh, and then what else do you guys like? It's got that too. Um, uh, cowboys. <laughs> Cow well, uh, I don't know about cowboys, actually. Aw, never mind. I hate this game. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing, though, that, that was kind of crazy that I realized after playing it last week, there's like several missions to sort of... Um, defend this mercenary world from this invading force. And uh, for every mission that I was in, I knew how hard the game was. So it's like there'd be one mission where I'd have a squad of like four guys and we're on a mission to go behind enemy lines and wipe out their command unit. But before we get there, the front of the base is being attacked and they're calling for help from anyone. And so I was like, well, let's just kind of sit back and let the, those guys die first, do as much damage as they can. Then we'll kind of sweep in. And if there's a few enemies left, we'll kill them at that point. So I kind of let the existing defending force get wiped out. And I did a few other things that weren't super helpful to the mercenaries. And I and at the very end of the mission, they were kind of like grateful to me that I had helped. But <laughs> for my next for the next sort of mission I had to go on when I had to leave their planet, they didn't really offer me very many units. And I oh, didn't wow. even <laughs> I didn't even know this was a possibility. But if cool. you don't do good on the early missions, you get worse units on later missions because they don't want to help you out as much. <laughs> That's very That's, interesting. Yeah, that really is neat. Yeah, so... Wow. It's an interesting little DOS gem. Um, I, I've 
mentioned this on my channel once before, but uh, when I was a kid, I was really, really into Battletech. I had found a game called the Crescent Hawks Inception, which is sort of the prequel to this game. And that's just an RPG game. And I found it like in my uncle's basement uh, on his computer. And then I like copied the five and a half inch floppy disk and ran it home and played it. And for years after that, I was like, man, if only there was more to this game. I really love it. And I would sometimes have like a dream that they made a sequel, you know. And one day I was on vacation when I was a, a kid and I just walked up to town. Um, we were in like Northern Ontario. I walked into town, walked to like this random little game shop and sitting on a shelf was the Battletech Power Hits collection that had the Crescent Hawks Inception, oh, its sequel, the Crescent Hawks Revenge, and then the first Mech Warrior. And I was like, they did make a sequel. And so I ended up running back to camp and begging my mom for the $20 so I could run back and buy this game. <laughs> That's nice. too perfect. Yeah. So it's 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 a good game. Um, if anyone is interested, it does have a lot of the old retro frustration. But if you can get past that, there's like quite a bit going on. Um, and uh, yeah, you could always just watch me play it if, if that's more your thing. Because um, then I can get frustrated on your behalf. <laughs> uh, so is Battletech, what's the uh, colon what? The Crescent Hawks Revenge. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as I said, there was a prequel to it, which was an RPG. Um, but uh, I mean, that one was good too, but just a slightly different game. This one is more if you're into sort of strategy and tactical things. Um, this will be up your alley. Nice. So I think a lot of people have heard of Battletech through the Mech Warrior series, but as far as like like that's sort of its own subgenre. That's like the first person mech battles in terms of actually because Battletech was like a tactical game, like like Warhammer. It was a board game. Um, and there's been very few of those games made. Although there was the Kickstarter in the summer or last year or whatever for the, the new one. Oh, really? Yeah. They're, they uh, they did a Kickstarter last year to uh, make a new Battletech game, which blew, you know, all the Battletech fans, including myself, you know, it blew our minds. And I was like a supporter and stuff. So I've tried mm -hmm. to bait. It's really neat. Um, but uh, yeah, there have been few tactical Battletech games. This is one of the, the good ones. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. Westwood, man. They're still yeah. around. Yeah. Well, are they disbanded now? Or are they making, like, <sighs> smartphone games, like Konami? Or, like, what happened to them? I think they were another sad case, like Bullfrog, of getting bought by a big company and squished, if I'm not mistaken. They, um, like, a f I feel like around 2011-ish, they came out with, like, a browser version of Command and Conquer or like Red Alert or something like that. That sounds familiar. Uh, but I'm not sure. I'm kind of trying to find out right oh, now. Oh, yeah, there it is. It was bought uh, by Electronic Arts in 1988 and closed uh, in 2003. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Same as Bullfrog. Yeah, pretty much all my favorite childhood developers <laughs> went, the, went down the same path. Yep. Fortunately. Yeah. It's sad. It is. Yeah. All right, Jay. Other Jay. <clears throat> What you got oh, for us wait, this week? Which is other Jay? You. So, um, <laughs> really awesome. So, so get this. So, uh, my roommate's friend he brought over his Wii and he showed us how to set up emulations for all previous consoles, and he loaded pretty much every single ROM into them. So we have this secondary TV next to our main TV where we can just play <laughs> anything on it. So, um, I played right. three games a little, little bit more in depth. So I'm going to talk about them because I've talked about one of them quite a bit. Um, the first one was UN Squadron, which... Oh, nice. Yeah, 
Really, one of my favorite games. Uh, this is an R type uh, for Super Nintendo. Uh, it's well, it's a. Is it an R type? Yes. Well, that's not really a term people use to describe. That's not a genre. That's that doesn't describe a genre. Oh, really? Okay. So what, what he's the... talking about? Well, you know what he's talking. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just being pedantic. You, everybody knows what you're talking about. You go on. Anyways, uh, so this is a Super Nintendo game. Um, it's an R type. Very fun game, uh, very strategic. I talked about it previously in the podcast, but I will say once again that I did not beat it. I got super good at the game to a point where I could get to uh, the further points of the game continuously with a good number of lives, but I just could not get past the last couple levels. Such a fun game. I can't tell you how many hours I've already spent playing it. Just every time I get so frustrated, I just give up. And then the next day I'm like, all right, I'll give it one more try. And then I'll end up just playing for like two, two hours and just play through all my continues and stuff. Super fun game. Uh, the second one, I played sort of as a troll just to kind of see how bad it really was at its release, was Quest 64. <laughs> and this game surprised me on both ends of the spectrum. It was better in terms of... So the Quest 64 is, I, I believe it's almost treated as like almost like a meme. Um, it's one of the first RPGs that came out for the Nintendo 64. The graphics are horrendous. It is just the most cookie-cutter RPG of all time. You get this ridiculous, simple quest very little guidance and then you just go fight and then you get another quest to fight and it just kind of rinse and repeats uh the battle system is pretty questionable it gets very repetitive and it's very easy to manipulate to a point where you pretty much don't take damage for the most part it was fun but it is not a good game by any means it was fun in in the sense of a shock of just how crazy this game was well not crazy how, how just bad it was makes me just, want to try it to be honest it, it, it's like to see it, yeah, it's like the scene. Like once you start playing, you're like, "Oh, this is this isn't that bad." And then you start doing a little bit more. The combat happens too frequently. The combat is slow. It takes time to get through. The level up mechanic is pretty questionable. It's just kind of linear and boring, and they don't really give you any guidance. Even though one of the the specs you can go, I'll say, is has a healing spell, and the other ones don't. So you oh. pretty much have to go that one. That's yeah. That's so it's just just not a very very great design. But the game I actually played for the podcast, we were talking about earlier, completes the trio. I played and beat Super Mario Bros. 3. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So here's the best part about it. Not only did I beat it, I used zero whistles. I played from All start right. to finish through every single world. I skipped zero levels, and I tried to get as many core. ghost ships as possible. It was so fun. I, I was... I remember most of the worlds growing up, but obviously a lot of people use whistles for certain to skip certain worlds. So I didn't get to experience like I think it was like six and seven or seven more so. So when I played through it, I actually got to experience all these levels again, especially the ones that you don't normally have to complete. Right, right, right. right. And they were so fun. Each world has its own theme, has its unique music to it. Usually, unique bad guys that pertained to specific worlds. It's just a fantastic game. And when you take the longer route of not using the whistles, the game's actually easier. And the reason is you obtain more items. You can only have so many items that you can use prior to going to the levels, obviously. But you get more of the useful items, like the P-Wings. I think I entered the final world with three or four P-Wings. And I ended the game with one left. Oh, wow. So I had so many resources. Like I was just chaining items through the last worlds, and it was so easy. It was just so fun. But I'm super happy that I was able to beat it. Because um, I talked about earlier this year that I really wanted to after we kind of talked about the beginning of the year. And it it was just awesome. I, mean, I, I did that and then I tried playing the second one again because the second one's my favorite. And it is such a different monster. It's just that one will take me so many playthroughs to get to again 
just because of the uh, potion doors. <laughs> potion doors <laughs> make it. You just ha you have to know where they are in order to to get far into that game. Wait, anyways, Mario three? No, Mario two. Oh, okay. I got sorry. I'm dazed out for a second. Yeah, potion doors. Uh, I don't like them. When I when I played Mario two, I found like I had weird intuitions about where I should put the potion. Oh, and really? It, like. It took me back to childhood memories. I must have kind of remembered, but yeah, yeah, I, I didn't really know. Yeah, well, I did some exploring the first the first time I beat it. I did a lot of playthroughs because I was testing out different door locations, and I definitely found some things that I didn't know existed in the earlier levels. It's very cookie cutter, but when you get to the right. later stages, you can skip certain areas, and it's really beneficial if you use them. Hmm. Uh, I'm not gonna talk about Mario Three too much because everybody knows the game. And ah, oh, dude, talk about Mario Three. Did you get the um, Hammer Brother suit? Hundred percent. I love oh, that, yeah. <laughs> and I love the suit. The uh, what's it called? The Tenuk which one? Oh, the, the raccoon one. Yeah, the raccoon one that turns into a statue. Yeah, I think it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I think yeah. it's Tenuki. Yeah, you're that right. right. Yeah. Uh, Did you get the boot? Yeah, of course. I love the boot. <laughs> boot is so fun. Uh, but I'm actually I want to talk about Quest sixty four more because it is such. <laughs> <laughs> a unique title. It, it, Mario Three. We've talked about. We, we've talked about it numerous times. I just wanted. To, I wanted to play. We haven't played it. that. We none of us have played it yet for this. Uh, Mario Three. Blake, Blake may have a while back. I'm pretty sure I did already too. Honestly. Oh, did you? I think so. I'm gonna it's play it sometime play. fairly soon. Also. You're talking about Mario Three, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm looking at reviews. Five point nine out of ten for Quest sixty four. So, <laughs> just a little backstory on it. So, it came out in 1998. It was one of the earliest uh, N64 games, and this game is just, it's horrendous. It, it is, the game starts and you are literally dropped into this like throne room. And this there's this guy there, you talk to him, he gives you a quest. And it is the most basic quest you could think of. It's literally, hey, we have this problem, go kill this guy. <laughs> and and you come, yeah. okay. The mechanics for moving are okay. Opening doors is a pain in the ass, and you have to use a, a, a um, confirm button to open and close doors. But it's also a button that does something else. So if you miss the door, your character does like this semi-bow type motion, and it eats up like two or three seconds every single time. <laughs> the camera work is not good, so you continuously do it. And so, the, so you walk through the city. There's all these people. There's all these buildings that you have no inclination of what they are. The icons and the signs, you... yeah. You, they're, they're just terrible. You have no idea what, what these are. Uh, the game gives you no instruction whatsoever other than go kill this guy. Like, you have to walk through this entire town. There's all these shops, but you can't buy anything because you assume you can't buy anything because you don't have currency, but then you find out later there is no currency and that people just give you items for free, but only one of them until you lose it. And then if you come back, they give you another one. <laughs> the, the, like, how dumb of a mechanic is that? It, it's yeah, just it's kind of weird. So, so, so then you go outside and you get your first fight, right? Uh, when you're level zero, or I guess level one, I guess, you don't have any magic yet. Uh, there are four elements, fire, water, air, and earth. And each level, you put a point into one of those uh, respective elements. And you, as you progress, as you get more points, you can get up to 50 in each one, which takes an absorbent amount of time. Each time you, you put one into it, um, when you get to certain checkpoints, you get new abilities. Uh, like the, the air, the first time you put a point to air, you get like this arrow ability and it shoots this blade out and it does damage. And then as you upgrade it, you get more blades and they do more damage. This part I liked. I thought it was very interesting. I just wish they would have given you a little bit of guidance on which ones are useful because the earth one is terrible. So I, let me talk about them, jump into the combat real quick because it kind of goes hand in hand with this. The way combat works is the fight starts, 
And if there's multiple bad guys, you go, one of the bad guys goes. You go, one of the bad guys goes. It always goes in that order, no matter how many bad guys. There could be 100 bad guys, <laughs> and you would go every other time. So there's no point in anything else being there. It's just such a bizarre idea. But that was weird. You can see the boundary of the battle, and it's like a, just a large shape. But there's a smaller version of that shape around you, and that's your movement space. So you can, and that counts as your turn. So you can move around the area as much as you want, as long as you want. You just obviously restricted to that area, and then you can cast a spell or melee if you're close enough. And the bad guys do the same thing, so they'll move within a, a certain amount of distance to you, and blah 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 blah. So you can kite doing that if you want to, if you want to run away from the mobs. But the problem is the spells are Wait, not. So, so hold on, sorry. So real quick, so it doesn't like go into a different like Final Fantasy style, like battle Correct. scene just, area stays in the world. Exactly. Okay. So one side note of that, when you get out of combat, you are so confused as to where you're going because the combat <laughs> initiates oh, yeah. so quickly that you end up backtracking a lot. And the combat happens every like 20 steps. So you are continuously getting in fights that you don't want to, and you're over-leveled. And when you're over-leveled, the mobs are just as annoying. It still takes time to kill them. But anyways, so the spells, and here's the best part about them, there's no... When you cast them, you have to be – there's no lock-on mechanism, really. You have to be close enough to the enemy, and you have to be facing the right direction. So if you accidentally flip the joystick to the right right, right before you cast a spell, well, that spell just shoots <laughs> off into the right and just hits nobody. <laughs> wow. And that's like arrow. So then water water only hits in front of you, like directly in front of you. It doesn't go anywhere. So if you think you're close enough and you use water and you're wrong, well, then you just wasted a spell. Uh, Earth – well, Earth was my favorite one. You, you, this boulder comes up in the air and you drop it, but you drop it 10 feet in front of you. So if a mob's right in front of you, you just throw it over him and d don't do any damage to him. <laughs> the mobs... And it doesn't give you an indication of where these nope. things are going to hit? Not at all. Not even close. <laughs> Why would you want that? Right, exactly. Right. It's intuitive. Oh, uh, yeah. man. And here's the best part. So most of the mobs use this earth spell, right? So when you're fighting them, if you get melee range with them, they just spam it and it can never hit you. So you just sit there and hit them till they die. Wait, if you and get do what? It. You do it how? So, so the mobs, also, there are certain mobs that are attuned to certain elements, and they just will spam that boulder ability. But if you're in melee range with them, it always goes over you, so it does zero damage. And they use it on every single turn. So you can legitimately just walk up to them, hit them with your staff, which actually does a good amount of damage. They use boulder. Well, you're too close, so it just goes over you, does zero damage. And you hit them with your staff, rinse and repeat till the fight's over. It's wow. that bad. Here's the best part. Oh, so when their spell is cast, at that point, your turn begins. So if they're casting a spell and it's going to land on you, well, you can just move because it's your turn now. <laughs> so if you what? get the idea of where the spells are going to go, you what? can just avoid them. And, and even That's even ridiculous. the more complicated... Oh, yeah. It, it, it gets better. Don't you worry. Uh, I'm so glad I played this game because it was just so bad. I am uh, too because I... like. You have talked so much about how bad this game is. Like, I was almost gonna like try to play it sometime just to just to see, so we can talk about. it. I'm really glad that you played this. Oh yeah, it, it was just. I, I may continue my playthrough just because it's so bad. Uh, so even the more even the more complicated spells like arrow. So arrow shoots again. It shoots this blade out, this, this white blade out, and it sort of homes on you, right? And as as the mobs level up, they start shooting more of these, and they obviously come at you well if you just spin the joystick when they're coming at you you stay in front of them and they never hurt you so that spell can't hurt you <laughs> and, and they're, they're, so from what i found so far i would say 75 percent of the mechanics in the game you can completely nullify just by moving properly as soon as your turn begins <laughs> so was this made for that kids? part of the game is I, that's what it kind of feels like right that, that's honestly what i it might have been intended for at the time 
Yeah. Storyline, I don't even know what it is. It's it, I remember I read the first couple sections of the game and I was just like, this is such a bad storyline. Uh, music's pretty subpar. It's it's okay. Sound effects are okay. Battle music's okay. But the real frustrating thing is you really don't get much direction as to where to go. You really don't. They they give very general instructions like, hey, go to that forest over there and go kill this guy. Well, then you get to the forest. The forest is gigantic. And there's two major paths that veer off in two different directions. You get in combat every 20 steps. The mobs are way under level, <laughs> so you, there's no point in you even killing them. So you're just fleeing from these fights. And what I noticed is if you flee from a fight, your encounter rate seems to go up. So if you're consistently <laughs> like, no, no, fights, no. <laughs> yeah, you're just you're just snowballing yourself and you're just they're like, no, 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 no. Where do you think you're going? Here comes another battle. So I'm way, way, way over leveled. I explore this whole zone. I go to the first boss and he destroys me. <laughs> like wasn't even close. And the reason is I was, I was saying this to, to Jay right before he got back is one of the elements that you can attune to is water. And when you get it high enough, you get a heal. But again, they don't tell you any of this, so right. you're, you're putting not. points in fire, and you're like, I'm just going to do as much damage as possible and just kill everything. <laughs> nope. You just, you get this, and I didn't have it at two, and I'm like, how the hell am I supposed to beat this boss? He's hitting me for so much damage. And then I was like, I'll just start leveling up my elements equally. I have a feeling I'll probably get something beneficial. Sure enough, Holy I got two shit. things. Evasion, which makes me more susceptible to not being hit, obviously, or less, less hit, rather. Uh, right. And the other one is a heal. So I got the heal, and it's like, I just hit him, he hits me, I heal, then he hits me, then I hit him. I just did that rinse and repeat until he died. Wow. You get mana during combat every couple turns, and then if you're out of combat, every step you take, you get some mana. So your mana's not really an issue, which is kind of nice. Kind of nice. Uh, like, what are the bad guys like? Are they like monsters, or are they like knights? Like, are they like people? or like They're like animals this? and like sludges. There were some kobolds. There was these giant frogs with lances, which was so random. Like, at the beginning, I was fighting like wolves, and like these these muck looking things like the Pokemon muck or Grimer. And I was like, okay, that's normal. And then I get this thing and it's like this, this humanoid frog with a spear and chest plate on. I'm like, what the hell that is sound, this? That sounds a lot like uh Suikoden 2 to me. Like where you're fighting like fantastical things like lizards and like, like some people and stuff like that too. But, but it never goes like too crazy, but it does get like a little weird. Like with like, lizard guards and like stuff like that but it doesn't go like final fantasy off the wall like really cool designs oh yeah like, like custom like unique yeah yeah or fantasy yeah yeah i didn't see anything too weird uh trying to think what else is oh the camera work is so bad and this is part of the reason when you get done with the combat so when you, when you get into the combat it does this this epic intro where the, the camera pants to the bad guys and pants <laughs> to you and then it pants to the battle and it's got this music going and, and you finish the battle and then the camera's panning and you have no idea where you came from so you're in this forest that looks exactly the same in every direction. You're like, holy <laughs> crap. And then you start walking like, I think this is the right way. Nope, that's wrong. And then as soon as you turn around, combat. You're like, oh, I just did this. Like, we were just here. But isn't it oh, worth it for the sick camera angles? Oh, man, it's brutal. This game is is, is a meme. Like, that is the best way to describe this game. It, it's just. I'm so glad that you played it. I love hearing about this kind of stuff. I love the name. Yeah, Quest 64. Like, like, they thought about basic. that. How they basic. thought about that for a long time. The yeah, only like, thing that, better would have been name. The, the only thing better would have been if later. they named it RPG 64. Yeah. Oh. This is uh, a role playing game 64. Does it? Does it? Does it even have like good graphics? Like no, for, no, not even for 64. No, no. Hold on, stand by. Jeez. You're welcome to Google it and take a peek. Actually, since oh, we're not using man. Skype, this game. Yeah, okay, I'm just gonna do that. Pretty bad. I've seen the box art before. Wait, isn't the name? What's the name? 
the main character's name isn't he just like named brian or something like that? probably i, I don't even know but I, just... I swear i think like the main character's name is just brian quest 64 harper course yeah the playable character is an apprentice mage named brian <laughs> he looks like a brian too let me see the, these graphics don't look that bad to me like it's not for know. nintendo 64 looks on par with look at the I mean, cities like, like i don't know the, the... It was it. It wasn't creative, like at all. It just no. It is a little bit barren. I'll give you that. And like when you get in the open world, it's so barren. Like there's nothing to look at. It's just there's no atmosphere. There, there's no atmosphere to, to to the actual game. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking I'm at more like to continue this game. By the way, it's it's probably mm-hmm. gonna happen because it's just such oh, neat nice. to do while like watching to hear. movies and stuff. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, this is uh, pretty questionable. Yeah, those are the three games I played. I'm going to continue to do this, though. The, the, having this, this Wii is so wonderful. Yeah, I want to hear more about this game. Dude, yeah, what if you beat this game? It's That'd possible. I mean, it's the combat is fun enough at times that it keeps me enticed, but figuring out where to go just drives me nuts because th- there's no way to know where to go unless you either read every piece of dialogue and talk to every dumb citizen in the towns or you <laughs> Google it. I mean, it's your choice. <laughs> Oh man, this is good. I like it. Yeah, it's like yeah. so many of the screenshots I'm I'm seeing are just like he's just like running along a path and there's yeah, trees and stuff. That's mountains. exactly what it looks like. Yeah, oh my that's just such a prime example. I'm gonna watch a speed run of this later. I'm really curious actually. <laughs> <laughs> I love watching people just wreck terrible games. It's just so fun. That would be good. I think you're yeah, I think that's a good thing. Tell us all about it once you do it. Um all right, top fives. We are uh, doing top five games that we would like to see on the Nintendo 64 Classic, assuming they uh, they make one of those. We are leaving off Mario 64 and Ocarina of Time because those would 100% be on every single person's list. So we're going to assume those are the givens, and maybe technically this is a top seven list in our and somewhere I, in our list. I excluded the other Ocarina. the other uh, Zelda game from that just because it's you know. Oh really? Okay, so which one? Yeah. Which which other one would you have added? Just that a rough so question. We know. you know this. Majora's Mask. Oh, Majora's Mask. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess let's just go in the same order. Wow, you're not gonna use the time. coin. Oh, okay. I'm. I'll use the coin. I'm I got the coin. Nah, I'm using the coin now. Oh, geez. Number two. Uh, who is it? That's uh, J. That's uh, New J gets to go first. All right. Um. Yeah, so top five for the N64 Classic. Um, so I want to like preface this whole thing by saying that this is, the N64 was the one retro console that I didn't own myself. So all my experiences from the N64 come oh, from really? playing yeah. it at friends' houses. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It just sort of, it's, it's like the one that slipped by me. Like I had a Nintendo, Super Nintendo, had a PlayStation, um, had, well, my girlfriend had a GameCube in college and stuff. So it's like just a, N64 got by me. Um, But uh, I always remember one of the key things about the N64 was the four controller port and the multiplayer games. Yes, this was my my thought too. That's like the the core of it. So I think if they made a classic, first of all, they would need four controllers. That's a good Um, point. And it could actually be an interesting throwback because like local multiplayer is something you don't see very much in uh, consoles these days. So... There's something retro about just playing in a room with your friends. It's um, so true. Yeah. 
But uh, so okay, so in terms of the the top five games that I was thinking, um, so the, go no. with number go with number five first, and we'll count them down. We'll go in a okay. In a all right, way. all right. Um, number five, I think I would throw on Bomberman '64. Oh, cool! <laughs> I never played that. Yeah, I think I played it at a friend's house just occasionally. Um, I, I think it had a single player actually. Uh, I think my friend showed that to me one time, and he wanted to play it, but it was like you always play Bomberman for the multiplayer. Like that's, that's what you do. So um, yeah, that any Bomberman really uh, on any system, I think there, there should be a Bomberman. So I would throw Bomberman 64 um, onto the N64. Uh, so you could have some fun um, party times. Um, and neither of you guys have played that before. Bomberman 64? Well, I've played Bomberman. No. It's been a very long time. Yeah. That's, yeah. I've heard that that's supposed to be a good, a really good like party game, like you said, but I've never played it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's see. Next is I'm I'm second. So my number five is I'm interested to know if you guys have played this because <clears throat> this this game its predecessor obviously gets more uh, like a lot more talk than this one does. But it was a very good game. So we had NBA Jam as as everyone knows. But then later in the Nintendo 64 cycle came a game called NBA Hangtime. Did any of you, are either of y'all familiar with this game? No, actually. I've never heard of that. It's almost exactly the same thing as NBA Jam, <laughs> but it's like maybe a little bit better even. Uh, <laughs> because one of the really cool things you could do on this was, I mean, so just basically imagine that it's exactly the same as NBA Jam, because I don't remember any differences gameplay-wise. But... You could also um, <clears throat> create your own, like, persistent character. And uh, it would keep track of all of your character's, like, wins and losses and, like, his like his life, like, the lifetime record of this character. Right. So, like, when you're playing a game, what? Oh, no, I was just agreeing with you. Oh, okay. So, you, uh, like, when you're playing this character, you pick, you say, all right, I'm going to play my guy. And then, like, you put him on whatever team, like, pick some other character, you know, pick one other person from that team. And you can customize him so he looks whatever you want, like whatever you like. And then there's also like crazy, like you can give him like real, like really crazy features. Like you can make him look like a clown. I know you'd love that one, Jay. Uh, you can give him like a chicken head if you want, like make him look like a giant chicken running around or just make him look like a really like weird person or like an old person or just like a regular like basketball player. So like that was like, I remember playing this one with my friends, like we each had our own guy. And so it was really cool to like get to play with your own persistent guy. Anytime you're playing against one of your friends, because you know, it's on your own memory card because they, you know, those were a lot more portable uh, really than they are for just about any other system. Even the ones, even the other systems that had memory cards, this one I feel like was a little bit special because for all four slots it had, you know, cause they plugged they, because they plugged into the controller so for every, for all four slots or however many controllers you had, everyone always had their own dedicated slot for their memory card. So even if you're playing three or four players, everybody gets to still use their own guy, no matter whose you know game or console you're playing on or anything like that. And uh, and plus you have all the good stuff from NBA Jam, and uh, it was just a really fun game overall. It was really cool. Did that one cool. have the uh, announcer guy who would? Uh, oh gosh, I, I'm sure it did. I don't remember. I would what, hope so. Yeah, I don't remember what he was like in compare. Like, I don't even remember. I don't think this was even made by uh, Midway. So, like, I'm pretty sure it was a different developer who made. It. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, no, it was made by. Holy shit, it was made by uh, Midway. So I'm sure it had the same announcer. Yeah, I don't remember specifically though. 
Um, but like, if you do, uh, like, just like, if you do a search, like here, I'm looking at one. There's like an alien guy. You'd be if you do a search for it. Like, it's if you just look at a screenshot, you cannot tell that it's a different game from NBA Jam unless you see like one of the custom characters. But this was a really fun game. Cool. All right. J, J number one. So you got J and I kind of saw eye to eye on this. I had the same idea of if this system is a thing, it needs to be built for, for parties, for, for people to play. Because I think, I think that is going to be their biggest selling point. I know people who still have this system set up at their house with certain games when people come over and play. So that was the at, pure motivation for my list. Um, number five, not a huge fan of this game, but it has to be on here is Goldeneye. If this is going to be a oh, multiplayer yeah. device, Goldeneye has <laughs> to be on here. Yep. Yep. Is that it? Yep. That says it I all? Mean, I, what do you want to say? I was always terrible at Goldeneye. So oh, really? I didn't own an N64, and every time I went over to friends' houses, they were like, hey, play Goldeneye with me, and then I'd just proceed to be annihilated. You should have just picked Odd Job every time if you were. That's exactly what time. everybody there was, did. Ev- everyone had a house rule no Odd Job. Oh, okay, that's <laughs> true, was, yeah. But that could have been a handicapped house rule. Also, like, okay, well, Jay gets to play Odd Job because he That's doesn't have a Nintendo sixty four. Whoa! I used to. <laughs> uh, I used to. Um, I I usually did pretty good. Like, you know, just against my friends, I usually did pretty good in this game. My strategy was always like, you know, if you're running around and we, and we find each other room, I would just like rush him down while shooting at him. I wouldn't try to like hide behind doors or anything. I would just straight up rush him down, and then somehow that strategy really worked out pretty well. That's funny. I remember when I played Goldeneye after I lost a number of times i thought you know first person shooters are never going to be thing on consoles anyway you know shooters, <laughs> shooters are on pcs that's where they are this will never take off you're right <laughs> that's really good yeah all right jay what's your number four uh my number four pick is uh mario party um one of the again you know not owning an n64 a lot of my experiences came from playing with friends and this was like you know, I, I don't think you could produce an N64 classic and not have one of the Mario parties um, on there. Oh, no, I agree. Um, it's it's a game that I actually had a chance at because um, there's a lot of randomness in it. Oh, there's, yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there's a lot of fun mini games. Um, Certain ones are way more balanced than others. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yep. Um, and, you know, I was thinking about this actually before the show um, about the different Mario parties. And, like, I've played a number of Mario parties over the year, but I'll be damned if I know which one was which. Like, I will just <laughs> yeah, say I'll a say Mario one. party should go on the N64. Um, J- other J, which... Yeah, which one, Jay? You, I think you know... the third one is the one that... It, I, I play so many of them that I mix them up, but I believe the third the one way. is the one that everybody looks at to be the good one, and I think they are correct. Believe. Okay. One of the, the funny... One of the funny things about Mario Party, I think it's it's probably all of them, but I think it's the first one that I'm thinking of, is how like when they um, give you the instructions at the beginning of any mini game, like some of them are so vague that you have no idea. Like it'll be like, all right, A runs and B uh, tosses the bucket. So here, yeah. you, all right, so now play. Yeah. And you're like, well, what's no. the what am I trying to do? That like, is definitely <laughs> the first. Yeah, the first couple ones. Kind of, later on, they did a great job. <laughs> That definitely gets fixed later on, but yeah, no, early okay, on it cool. was it was that fake. <laughs> yeah, that's that one's not on my list, but I think that is a that's like a that's really pretty essential. Uh, yeah, if they do an N sixty four classic, 
My uh, my number four is Goldeneye. <laughs> Just uh, I mean, I again, this is probably the most you know again aside from like Mario and the Zelda games, probably the most well known Nintendo sixty four game, like the most I'd say possibly the most universally liked again aside from those other ones there's just this this game was like not only was it really good and it had a really fun multiplayer but it had like a lot of uh really kind of almost revolutionary mechanics for the time like there was nothing else there were no other i remember like being i remember like when my friend was describing this game to me like before i got it he was like yeah if you like shoot somebody in the leg then they'll like jump up and down like their legs hurt and like that was unheard of at the time. And like some of the stealth stuff and all that, like this, this did a lot of things that, that first person shooters had not done before. Yeah. So, they yeah. definitely packed yeah. a lot into that cartridge. Yeah. That's a good point. But, and again, though it all, it really does all come down to, this was a fantastic multiplayer game. Oh yeah. Speaking of good multiplayer games for the N64, how about that Mario Kart 64 though? <laughs> So, you know, like, <laughs> I don't rem I don't remember much. I remember liking Mario Kart 64, but I just don't remember it much in general. I think I like the Super Nintendo one better, but okay. it has been so long. But this game is probably, I would say, the most well-known game for this system. More people I know. No, 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 no. Well, I guess that in Mario no 64. Way. What else would you put up? There? I mean, I mean, okay, yeah. Everybody knows Mario Kart 64 because it's a Mario Kart game, but I don't think. I mean, I guess it's kind of hard to say because there, it's up there with all of them. But like, I don't Mario know. Mario 64, Ocarina of Time, and Goldeneye. I think I would say universally, I know more people that are not normal gamers, like they're very, very casual gamers who play this game and liked it more than most other games were for the okay. 64. Yeah, I, I think so. it's its multiplayer. I think that's probably the big thing because. Goldeneye is kind of intimidating to people who don't spend a lot of time playing video games. Whereas sure, Mario Kart's not... fun, it's cartoony, it's Super Mario. There's fun things like items. There's RNG elements that can make people who aren't that good still win. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay sure. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, but number four, Super Mario. Or sorry, I almost said Super Mario, Mario Kart 64. That one had a good battle mode too. Oh, did it? Yeah, I seem to recall, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's been. Too I just long. don't remember. I just don't yeah. remember much about the game for some reason. Yeah, I remember playing it a lot, but okay. Uh, back to number three, Jay. What you got? Um, number three, um, another classic, Smash Brothers. Ooh. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> this one didn't uh, make my list, but I would really, really like to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this would be a guarantee for the system. I feel like it would have to be. Uh... I, I just remember the first time I ever saw it, it was like in the window of a video store. They had like a TV and it, you know, just had the card in. So the system was like demoing it. And I saw Mario beating up Luigi and I was like, what is this game? <laughs> that's, that's such a proper response. Yeah, I was like, I, I didn't ever think this day would come. Um, but yeah, that was a fun one. Um, I, I remember it was a lot of button mashing when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Um and eventually, someone would learn how to play the game, and then button mashes suddenly didn't cut it anymore. Yeah. They knew what I they were like doing. <laughs> I think that's kind of the theme for the Smash Brothers games. Yeah. But if you're playing with people who, like... Like, I never really got too much into them, but, like, if you're playing with other people who don't, like, really know the game pretty well, then it is a good it is a good button masher. Yeah, like, uh, I, my fondest memories of Smash Brothers are playing with uh, people who didn't know it super well. 
Yeah. I have a couple of friends now who like really got into it over the years and they have like smash brothers nights and stuff sometimes. Um, and it's like, I'm, I always internally debate whether I should go. And like, I go about half the time because <laughs> when I go, I'm just get I'm, I'm going to go get owned for the night. That's basically what happens. But right. Um, we used to, uh, when we were younger, so what's it called? Might Magic 3 Complete is a very, very slow turn-based sort of RPG game. Your, your turns take anywhere from like eight to 10 minutes per person and it was hot Damn. seat. So we would like alternate. Oh, wow. So if it's my turn, I'm at the computer, I'm doing my turn while the other two people are 1v1 against Smash Brothers. And then I would alternate with one of them and they would do their turn and we would do <laughs> oh, that. Fun. It was such a perfect balance because you're like, oh, this is take my turn's taking ten minutes. I'm tired of this game. And they're like, oh, Smash Brothers. Just pick it up and just immediately start smashing buttons. Mm-hmm. With yeah, <laughs> perfect balance. Yeah, sounds awesome. All right, my number three is F Zero X. I'm just kind of a sucker for the F Zero series, and I remember having a lot of fun with this game. And they did so much to improve on the first F Zero. Uh, the first F Zero was really cool, but it was it had a couple drawbacks. The biggest one being it didn't have multiplayer for some asinine reason. And uh, also there were only like four, yeah, there were only four uh, vehicles to choose from. And in F-Zero X, there were like, I don't remember. There were like 30 or maybe even more vehicles that you could pick from. I think you had to unlock some. That's impressive. Yeah, there were a bunch. And uh, of course at, they fixed it not having multiplayer. So this one does have, does have multiplayer. And I used to uh, play this a whole lot with my friends and like the graphics look really good on it. It played really well. Like there was like nothing bad about this game pretty much. It was just overall a really fun game. And since I'm a, again, I'm, I'm a kind of a sucker for that. I, I have a soft spot in my heart for F zero. So this has got to, this has got to be on my list. I'm like, honestly checking if that's in the thousand and one games book. F zero GX. <laughs> Uh, no, just F-Zero-X. Oh. GX, I think, is the GameCube oh, version. Oh, yeah, no, it's in the book. Oh, cool, okay. Nice. Yeah. I will, I've never tried it before. I remember trying the original F-Zero on the Super Nintendo, and, like, it was fine. I, I enjoyed it okay, um, but I know people love F-Zero, so, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to try the N64 one, so... Yeah, it's real. It's it's. I I like the Super Nintendo one still, but mostly for nostalgia. It's yeah. got it's like you said. It's it's all right. It's a little bit limited in like what it offers, but it's a cool game. But uh, I feel like F Zero X from it's been a long time since I played it, but I had a ton of fun with it. Yeah, I'm well, looking forward to trying that one. All right, Jay, what you got for your number three? Number three, of course, Mario Party. Uh, yep. these games i saw this coming yeah they, this is a requirement for the system there's just there's no way around it even the bad ones are still fun there are key mini games that people go back and play certain certain numbers of series just because there are certain mini games that are just so iconic and memorable I, I couldn't imagine i don't know which one they would choose i think that would be my only issue with it because if they pick a bad one it would just ruin it ruin that series for a lot of people but yeah i yeah. would definitely play this all right, uh, on to number two. Jay, what do you have? Uh, number two, I had Goldeneye. Oh, okay, very nice. <laughs> yeah. Did you, so we all had Goldeneye on our list then, right? You had a J2, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. I okay. think it is like one of the most iconic N64 games. I know we, we said Mario Kart as well, but definitely like Goldeneye. Yeah. Like every, every, you know, N64, Goldeneye, everyone had it. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep, yeah. definitely. All right, my number two is uh, Star Fox 64. 
Yeah, this almost made my list. <laughs> Star, the Star Fox series is another one that I'm that I'm kind of a sucker for, and also like I was obsessed with this game for like a full summer, one year, and uh, just played it nonstop. It's a it's a really you know, and I don't even think again same same thing. It's been so long since I've played either of them, but I don't even think this one was as good as the Super Nintendo one. <laughs> the graphics were obviously much better. Yeah. But, uh, and it, it did some cool stuff. Like there's like a submarine level and things like that. It does some really cool so things. Cool too. Yeah. But I feel like overall the, the first one was just kind of executed a little bit, uh, better. The graphics definitely made it more enjoyable to me because mm-hmm. at times for the super Nintendo one, cause I actually played this recently again, it is so hard to read what is going on at some parts. Oh, I can. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I can me that. Nuts. I'm like, Oh, I just hit something. Okay. <laughs> I can understand that for sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I really would like to see Star Fox sixty four on there. I, I mean, I don't think I don't think they can make one with it without without the Star Fox. No, I don't think so. No. Either. no, that would end up on there for sure. All right, Jay, lead us up. Number one. Oh wait, this is me. Sorry. Number this two. Is wait, me. is this me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is yeah. number two. <laughs> number two. Smash Brothers. Like, oh, okay. Another one got to be on there. Great multiplayer. Just, yeah, it's where it all started. All right, number ones. Number one. Um, okay, I have a kind of an unconventional pick here. Ooh. Oh, assuming I'm going next. Sorry, by yep, the way. That's yeah, okay. that's um, I was thinking they need an unreleased game. Ooh. <laughs> like the Super Nintendo one? They did, yeah. Okay, so when the NES Mini was announced, I thought that was like a great idea, but I wasn't super interested in the system. Then the Super Nintendo Mini got announced, and I was like, I have to have that, because it has a game that... It's never been out before. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I love Star Fox as well, by the way. Um, and so, like, I really do want to get a Super Nintendo Mini. And part of the drive is because there's this unreleased game on there. Same for me. Um, yeah, same here. Yeah. Um, and so I was kind of, like, looking around online just out of curiosity to see, like, what kind of games were produced for the N64 but never released. And um, there... I don't think there's any game like Star Fox 2. Um, so Star Fox 2 on the Super Nintendo was fully completed, but then they decided not to release it. Um, but in terms of games that I did find that were sort of canceled, um, I came across this one, Contra Spirit 64 Ooh. by oh, really? <laughs> Konami. Um, which, you know, Konami is, you know, not in, in the good graces of gamers these days, but wouldn't it be the perfect redemption story for them to get back in the good graces? <laughs> this is an excellent uh, pick. Yeah, so that it's... Is a good uh, one. Yeah, Contra Spirits, it was announced, it was described, there was never a screenshot, though. And uh, in doing, okay. like, a, a bit of searching on, like, what happened with it, um, basically... It turns out, I didn't know this, by the way, but it turns out the N64 sold poorly in Japan. And so as a result, Konami decided to stop the development of Contra Spirits. Interesting, Um, I didn't know that. And that's why, yeah. But I always thought Japan was like Nintendo country and like Nintendo always sold well in Japan, but I guess the 64 didn't comparatively or something. I don't know. But yeah, Contra is a great series. And I think Contra Spirits was even the name of Contra 3, the Super Nintendo game in Japan. So this would be like the 3D version. And imagine Contra with four players. Ooh. Ooh, <laughs> that would be a hot mess. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. So yeah. That's a good one. All right. My number one is, in my opinion, 
possibly the best Nintendo 64 game, even wow. including Mario 64 and Ocarina of Time. If not, if it's not better than those, then it's the third best. <clears throat> and that is... Plus 64. Perf- uh, almost. <laughs> Perfect Dark. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. Oh, man. This game was amazing. It was so, so good. <laughs> yeah, it's it was, basically... Wasn't it co-op, too? I, you know, I think so. I think so. it was. It's There's a zombie survival mode in that one, right? I don't think so. Ooh, oh, no? I don't know. Not that I know of. Okay. It's uh, If you're not familiar with this, it's basically Goldeneye, but like, n- you know, obviously not James Bond. And it's more, it's more of like a futuristic, or not very futuristic, but like kind of sci-fi setting. Yeah. And uh, it's got, you know, a campaign mode, of course, just like... Which you know, is really like, good. Which really. is really good. And then the multiplayer is... The same as, you know, again, it's a, it's a first-person shooter <clears throat> set up the same way. we got different stages and that kind of stuff that you can uh, fight each other on, just like GoldenEye, except the weapons are so much more fun. Yeah, they're so much more unique. They're so much more unique. There's, you know, of course, like, you know, the more basic ones that just shoot are like rocket launchers and stuff like that, and then like, you know, really fast shooting machine guns. But then there's also, you can get one that you can set up as a turret, and then, uh, oh, you know, kind of... You, you, of course, the place we would always put those is like right above a doorway. So like when somebody walks into a door, they're getting nailed from behind. Ew. And then <laughs> <laughs> I, as soon as I said that, I was like, oh, there it is. Uh, and then uh, and then the, the best one, which probably everyone remembers if they played this game, is the uh, sniper rifle. That could that had X-ray vision and could shoot through walls. Ah, like a railgun. Interesting. Yeah, so you could ju- so you got this one weapon, and uh, <clears throat> you could look. You, you just zoom in with it, and you can see anywhere on the whole entire stage. And as soon as you find somebody, no matter what room they're in, you could shoot them. And if obviously you had to, you know, aim it correctly, but you could shoot them through however many walls. That uh, was oh gosh, this game was so awesome. That's the only that's that's even just the ones I remember. I'm sure there are plenty of other cool weapons that I can't think about right now. I respect this choice so much because. I'm not a huge Goldeneye person. I think Perfect Dark is a much better game. I spent I much more time playing Perfect Dark than I did Goldeneye and had way, way more fun. <laughs> I loved Perfect Dark. Yeah, I did too. This, like I said, in my opinion, possibly the best Nintendo 64 game. Yeah, it's it's interesting because it, it is recognized, but not nearly as much as the other, the other yeah. top tier titles. Yeah. But it is it's such really a not. great game. It, it was one of the later games, was it not? Yeah, it was a bit later. You're right. Yeah, was it? Because I remember what that did Goldeneye for that one was. Um, I'm not sure. I'll so, try to I'd find out. I'd be surprised. Out. Just kind of maybe. Who made Goldeneye? Even uh, was it the same company made Donkey Kong? Yeah, uh, rare. Is it rare? rare. Goldeneye. Okay. Right Let's there. see. Perfect dark. Uh, but yeah, no. I'm, as I'm looking this up, it was later because I remember when it came out. I heard about how good it was, and I was like. Kind of almost passed it, like past one. Yeah, same. Game, like I saw it in a magazine. Then. That's where I heard of it. And then I read yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Rare did, Rare did make it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so I was like, you know, I don't know. But, you know, it's supposed to be so good. So I guess so. And then, of course, like, you know, me and my friends ended up playing it all summer long together. Mm-hmm. We had this job where um, we were working in my dad's yard because he had, like, tons of stuff that he needed done. And so he would pay us, you know, like for just, it wasn't like you have to get this amount done. It was like, all right, you know, just do whatever you want. You know, I'll, you know, I'm going to pay you based on how much you get done. So we would always like all summer long, we would, uh, <clears throat> my friend would come over in the morning around eight or nine 
We'd work in the yard till lunchtime. And then we would eat lunch and play Perfect Dark. And inevitably, every single time, we would end up playing Perfect Dark till like 3 or 4 o'clock. And then just be like, oh, right, time to go home. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right, Great Jay, your last one. This this doesn't quite follow these two, but this one is I, I think needs to be on the system because I would play the crap out of this. That is Gauntlet. I love Gauntlet, <laughs> and I would kill to have oh, a number a one. Player. Really? Oh, without a doubt, I love Gauntlet <laughs> games. They're so ridiculous, and they're just easy to get into. Anybody can pick up the controller and just start playing. I just I would love to see this game on here. I I wouldn't be surprised to see it, but there's too many titles that that. If there's only 30, it would be 30. I would be surprised if I saw it on here. Yeah, I guess you're kind of right. There are so many titles that they would probably pass this, but I would love <laughs> to play so Gauntlet funny. on here. That's a good one. That's funny. I like it. This was, this was this turned out really, really well. Yeah, this turned out actually a little better than I expected. Are there any that y'all have that didn't make your list, but that you really want to... Uh... Star Fox, for sure. Star Fox? Yeah. Turok was on there. Because Turok 2, if I'm not mistaken, had pretty decent multiplayer, did it not? I think it did. Yeah. I only I played it at my friend's house. Sure, I don't want to put it on there on assumption. The only, I had a few, like I had like five or six that didn't make my list, but the only one that I really would want to point out uh, is Wave Race. Oh man, yeah. Oh, that was yeah. one of the first games, wasn't it? Yeah, it was one of the launch games. Yeah, that I think was it, a good game. Or no, no, no I, don't, I don't know if it was a launch game, but it was one of the really early I, ones. It might have been, because I remember, I thought that <laughs> and Mario came together. Because it's I think usually it was, like one Mario title and then a sports game. <laughs> I think it was Mario and Pilot Wings. You might be right. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was that was a really like different kind of unique racing game that shouldn't have been any good, but it somehow was. Yeah, it was, it, I remember that one was like one button, right? You just had like the the trigger and the <laughs> I direction pad. I think you're right. That was probably. <laughs> I think you're probably right too. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> All right, very nice list. On to emails. Um, I'll take a few and then, uh, if you get, well, I don't have, I've got this on a different computer. Oh, let me so log I'm back like, on Skype while you're doing that then? Yeah, I'll let you do a couple. J, number two, I'll pass them on to you, but, uh, I don't have you. I'm, I've got these on a different computer, so we'll just do it. Okay. We'll just go back and forth between me and Jay. I'll sure. A couple. Uh, so I'll start. So we have one from, uh, we have a couple actually from, uh, from Scott who says, oh, okay. He's got his, uh, top five Nintendo 64 classic games that he would pick. Number five. WWF No Mercy. Still... This, this was, I was trying to remember which one it was. Oh, man. <laughs> is this one? This is a fun game. Really? Yeah. I played the WCW game when I was, when I had the Nintendo 64, and I liked that one. I don't know. I think that's the only, like, wrestling game that I ever played. That was when I was actually, I actually liked wrestling back then. Uh, he says, still the best wrestling game ever. Number four, Mario Party 3. Number, there it is. There it is. Yep. Number three, Mario Kart 64. Number two, Perfect Dark. Yep. And number one, take a wild ass guess, GoldenEye 007. And he suggests to make it online multiplayer. Ooh. That would be crazy. That would be nuts. He says, honorable mention, a video of the Superman 64 cartridge getting shot into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Keep up the great work, guys. Thank you, Scott. 
Uh, then we got another one. He follows up and he says, um, Mega Man Maker, have you guys played this yet? It's fantastic. Oh. So this is a, uh, it's not like an official game. It's not a real thing. It's a fan-made, um, <laughs> like, uh, uh, like ROM pretty much. I'm shocked that they haven't shut it down, to be honest, actually. I am too. But it's out there. Mega Man Maker, uh... That's exactly what it sounds like. I haven't. I've. I've heard. I've actually heard about it, but I haven't heard uh, anything like whether it's good or not. I've basically just heard that it exists. I haven't played it or even really seen it. But uh, so sorry, Scott. I, no, we have not played it. Scott says it's I, I did try it actually. Oh, did you? Yeah, it is. It, you really feel like you're playing an old Mega Man game. Like, really? Instantly. Wow. It's. It's pretty impressive, actually. Um, is like the yeah. is like the like the level creation mechanic pretty pretty smooth. I didn't really dabble in that too much because you had to make like an online account. And I just, I was just checking it out really quickly. Okay. Um, but from what I've seen, it's very similar to Mario Maker where I think it's pretty easy to sort of go in and mess around with things. And they have huh. a lot of options for like weapons and bosses and sound effects and stuff. So that's yeah, really cool. That's awesome. It's pretty neat. Ah, uh, the internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. And then we have a third email from Scott. He says, by the way, we got a uh, a bunch of emails this time, so thank you everybody who sent one in. Uh, Scott says, "Oh, also that gives me a top five idea. Wait for it. Top five games you'd like to see a maker game made for." Ooh. Oh. <laughs> exa- I think that's a good one. I think we have to do this next time. Uh, I'm okay he- with this. This is good. The example he gives sounds pretty killer. A Castlevania maker. Yeah, oh, that'd wow, be cool. Oh, wow. So uh, I think we have our top five for the next episode, Jay. I like it. Top five uh, maker games that you would like to have. All right. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Let's go to uh, a gentleman or lady, I guess. We don't know. Who calls him or herself, I am done. That's what it's signed as. Uh, Jay, I'll toss this one over to you. There you go. What was her name again? Uh, I am done. I don't know if it's a dude or a girl. This is from I am done. I am done. It says, "Hey guys, it's been a while since I emailed the podcast. Anyway, I've been playing an RPG roguelike on Steam called Kingsway. Ooh, I've heard of this. Kingsway. King. It's Kingsway. (laughs) I'm joking. It's reminiscent of old dungeon RPGs from the olden days, but the gimmick of the game is that it's set in a Windows 95 esque operating system." That's interesting. What? It's really cool. It's cool. What's this called? Kingsway? uh, Yeah. Kingsway. Yeah, it's on Steam. It's published by Adult Swim Games, and it's a lot of fun. I am in no way affiliated with the team or the developer. Just a huge fan of the game, and I think you guys could find some appreciation. And it's only $10. I actually was thinking about... I almost bought this the other day. Um, Definitely check this out. It's it's really interesting. Um, So, like, everything that happens in the game, like, happens in the form of, like, a window in this like windows 95 OS. And like, so even when you're like fighting a guy, like the guy pops up in his own window and, uh, and like sometimes it'll like move around a little bit. And then like, if somebody shoots an arrow at you, then what happens is a window pops up with an arrow shooting at towards your guy. And if you close the window fast enough, then you, then that counts as you dodging it. That's, then, uh, that's awesome. And then there's like your inventory of course is its own window. And then there's like a map on one window. And then there's like, um, 
I think there's like an upgrade you can get where you can tab through windows faster using the tab button. You don't have to manually click on everyone. <laughs> and then there's even like a, uh, some sort of thief character or something like that. And when he goes stealth, it like minimizes his window. So you can't attack him without pulling his window back up manually. <laughs> wow. This is, uh, <laughs> yeah, it looks really cool. I- I'm going to definitely get this at some point. Uh, it-, it really does look fun from what I've seen. Yeah. I just added it to my to playlist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've got yeah, I've got it on my wish list for sure. Yeah. Alright, next one comes from uh from Jonathan, our uh resident archivist. Jonathan says, oh, yeah. oh no. I don't know if he's got any uh six stats for us this time. We'll have to find out. Hey Hopefully fellas. they didn't have a lot of free time. <laughs> hey fellas, you're looking for a good punishment if you're looking for a good punishment Ooh. game to play, Final Fantasy thirteen is a great, terrible game wow. that either of you could look forward to trudging through. You know that, Jay. Nobody likes Final Yeah, I, I guess, well, it depends if he, which one he played, though. Aren't they all terrible? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of Final Fantasy XI. Never mind. No, sorry, no, I was no. thinking of Final Fantasy XI. Or, not eleven, twelve. Jeez. I'm losing it. I think so. Glad to hear that you enjoyed Super Metroid, even if it took three SNESs to get the playthrough. Yep. <laughs> uh, that's ridiculous, but it's true. Super Nintendos have such fond memories, but do seem to break a lot. Speaking of which, I, I, you know, I never heard that. Do you all have much problem? Yeah, neither do I. was going to say that. I thought I thought that system was pretty darn durable. I really thought they were actually were, too. Like, I think I just kind of got lucky, or unlucky, rather. Um, maybe not, though. I thought that regular Nintendo had way more issues with, with having to shake them and, and blow the dust out of them, and then yeah. you lose your save data. Like, I remember that in the Super Nintendo. Oh, yeah. The original... I've never heard of a Super Nintendo outright failing, actually. Yeah. Well, none That's of mine failed, but they had problems to where, like, you, they were, like, basically, like, you, it wasn't a good idea to use them. Um, hmm. But, yeah, like, I, th- I feel like maybe it's, uh, again, I'm just basing this on what, I didn't know this, but I'm basing it on what Jonathan said and also my experience having to go through a couple just recently. But maybe it's more like, you know, with the NES, you got to blow on it, like, blow on the inside, clean it out, clean out the other thing, try it ten times, and then it gets working. And with the Super Nintendo, like, the game will work, but, like, I had other, like, miscellaneous problems. Like, the power would cut out. Or, like, I the, do remember uh, issues with that. Graphical I do problems. Okay. Yeah. So, maybe okay. that's it. Anyway, uh, they, they do seem to break a lot. Speaking of which, I just found out about cartridge batteries. Oh, yeah. Apparently, I can't even play my SNES games now because the traditional lifespan is under 20 years. Well, okay, so with the cartridge batteries, that's just... That only has to do with the saves. Um... The, oh, that makes sense. If and you bat- can replace those too. Yeah, you can replace them. Uh, you you correct me if I'm wrong, Jay, but uh, if you don't know what you're doing, I think you can damage the game irreparably. But, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but I guess that goes for anything. Uh, True. But like, I don't think it's that tough. Like, you need a solder no, gun. Just, no, no, they're just no. watch batteries. I think. You don't have to I mean, solve oh, it. That would make sense. I've never actually replaced one, but I'm pretty sure. I mean, you might need a special screwdriver to open up the cartridge. Um, but then once you're in, I think it's just popping out a watch battery and putting a new one. I, in. I guarantee you could YouTube okay. it. I'm sure. You, yeah. you only need like crazy soldering stuff if you're trying not to lose current save games that are on the cartridge. Because once you pop the battery out, any save games you have are gone. Right. So there's like crazy setups to keep it powered while you're changing oh, the battery. Geez. Like, yeah, because the um the way it's st- it's really kind of funny thing about it in hindsight, but the way the saves are stored is like they're stored in uh like not permanent memory, but like 
I don't know what it's called specifically. It might be called volatile memory, where it's like, you know, it, it's it's the equivalent of having like a document pulled up that you're working on your on your computer and never never ever ever saving it, but just hoping that your computer never turns off or ever has a problem. So the right. second the second you rest you you power down your computer and turn it back on, you've lost that. It's the same exact thing with saves on the Super Nintendo games. The battery is constantly feeding power to this little to the memory in the game, to, so it's saving your stuff. And if it disconnects for a second, then that memory then that's gone. It it doesn't save it or anything. It just you just it kind of like reboots and starts from scratch more or less. Yep. So uh so uh Jonathan, your cartridges should be fine. You just might if it's like you know an RPG or something or you know anything you know I guess a lot of the Super Nintendo games really did have saves. Uh, Obviously, that's going to be a problem, but um, but even said even still, as Jay said, you you can replace those batteries, so you should still be fine. Uh, and and me personally, I've never had, I have not had a problem with any of my of of my batteries yet. And I've played not a ton of Super Nintendo games for the podcast, but I've played plenty that uh that did need saves, like Final Fantasy, Chrono Trigger, Super Mario RPG, Super Metroid, um, Earthbound. None of my cartridges that I own uh, have had this problem yet. I know they're on the edge of their lifespan, but uh, I haven't I haven't experienced this yet personally. As far as the battery, I've had other problems, but not with the batteries of the games. Um, so I debated selling them all, but I'm guessing collectors will still want the cartridge eventually. No, yeah, don't do it. Just hang on to them. They'll they'll still work. Yeah, keep them. This is the only reason I'm glad Chrono Trigger is not on the mini. My original will still have value. Maybe they excluded it because we will finally get that true sequel we've been clamoring for all these oh, years. Yeah. I would not hold your breath on that one. <laughs> yep. If you're looking to continue the thirst for Metroid games, uh, I've already bought a GameCube so I can play Metroid Prime, by the way. <laughs> Some more current titles that are, or look, pretty good are Axiom Verge. Oh, yeah, I've heard of, I've heard of this one. This is supposed to be really good. Um... He says, although the wall bombing is tedious sometimes, sounds like Metroid. Hollow Knight, which I think I'm probably going to buy this weekend, uh, by the way. And Dead Cells, I've heard of that one too. Uh, I don't know much about Dead Cells, though. Also just heard about the Mummy Demastered, which looked good, which looks good. I don't know what that is. Uh, Shantae is a game developed by... I've heard of Shantae. Shantae is a game developed by the same company, and it is a fun Metroidvania. Or we can keep drooling over a finally announced Metroid game, which should release this year. Um, I think there were two announced Metroid games. One is for the D or the yeah the DS, and that's coming out this year. And then there's they announced Metroid for the Switch, which is uh, which I believe that one's uh, set for next year. Let's see. Jonathan says I want to join the fray and give you guys something. Jay, uh oh, he's giving us stuff. Ooh. He has a copy of Anamusha Dawn of Dreams. Interesting. Is that a, is that like the sequel or something? Hmm. Do you know? Take a look. Uh, yeah, look it up. Now, I won't make you guys fight over this one. I've actually been wanting to give this to you, Jay, for some time. My only stipulation is that you give Robert your copy of the original Anamusha. I think you probably played it on an emulator, though, didn't you, Jay? 100%. Yeah. This way, maybe he won't wait until 2029 to play it. For- <laughs> Like he did 23, 23 years from release, like he did Super Metroid. <laughs> anyway, shoot me your address and I'll mail it out. Sick. Thank you, Jonathan. Okay. Um, yeah. Did you look at? Do you have any idea if that is that the, is that just the sequel to it? No. Uh, it's one of the ones for PS2. I'm trying to see. If oh, okay, okay. 
There were numbered ones, so I'm trying to see what... Uh, oh, interesting. What pieces... Uh... All right, we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, anyway, thank you, Jonathan. Got great reviews. Incredible reviews. He says, for my top five, I'm going to steer away from the obvious titles like Zelda, Mario, and GoldenEye. Okay, so top five games that should be on the N64 Mini. Pokemon Coliseum. Give me Stadium? Um, Wait. Is it Pokemon Stadium? Is there not a po- game called Pokemon Coliseum? I might be wrong, but I thought it was Pokemon Stadium, which was a very, very popular That sounds game. right to me, but I don't... I don't yeah, Stadium sounds right to me, too. Okay. Turok. Ooh. Harvest Moon. Super oh, Smash Harvest Brothers. Moon. No, it is a different game. Oh, okay, so there is one. Oh, called... this is for GameCube. It's it's Pokemon Stadium for GameCube. Oh, he okay. meant okay. So he yeah, meant okay. wait, wait, which one's which one's Pokemon on six... Stadium was for sixty four, Pokemon Coliseum was for GameCube. Okay, okay. So he meant Stadium for sixty four. Yeah. The venues are getting bigger. <laughs> <laughs> more Harvest... graphics, more room. <laughs> yeah. Super Smash Brothers and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. I didn't play any Tony Hawk uh, Pro Skater games. Well, I forgot this. about that game. I didn't know I that it was PS on 64. And PS2. That's interesting. Honorable mentions: Resident Evil 2. I didn't know. Yeah. Is that on 64? I thought that was PlayStation. I know. It, I know it was on PlayStation. Yeah. I don't think this was on Nintendo 64. Maybe I'm wrong though. Uh, Perfect Dark, Banjo Kazooie. And... I, this was almost on my list. Oh. <laughs> what a the, great game! And the Mortal Kombat trilogy. Yeah, that's that's a good Ooh. one. That's a good one too. I don't know. Oh man, I've been obsessed with Mortal Kombat after since last time we been playing and stuff. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, once I arcade, we played a lot, and I've been kind of playing on my own and stuff. Super fun. <laughs> All right, thank you, Jonathan. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, thank for, you. That's uh, awesome. For the, I'll send um... you a message probably tomorrow sometime. All right, uh, Jay. I'm gonna pass this next one on to you. Comes from uh, Samuel. Oh, thanks, Robert. Samuel says, hey, fellas, I somehow managed to not wait two years before sending my next email. How many times have we actually heard that <laughs> like, over the course of We this? do hear that. Yeah, that's funny. He goes on to say, huzzah. Um, I was curious if you guys had ever heard of RetroPie. It's mm-hmm. an operating system built on Linux architecture specifically designed to be installed on a Raspberry Pi computer. It's basically a full, uh, a full computer the size of a credit card. I have actually heard of this. Yeah. Uh, you can play all your retro favorites, apparently up to and including N64 and PS1 games. No, I didn't know it went, went up that far. Neither did I, actually. I thought it was primarily for... Uh, N64 wouldn't surprise me, but I guess PS1's are on the same time. That's quite far, though, to get up to PlayStation. Yeah. yeah. He goes on to say, it's a pretty neat system, especially for use a, as a portable multi, multiplayer... A multi-platform retro gaming console. It's technically illegal, what with the use of ROMs and all, but I will admit that it's pretty fun to be able to take dozens of multiplayer games around it on a computer as big as my wallet. That is really cool, actually. Yeah, that is cool. I uh, says, also, I'm assuming you're still doing the top five games you'd like to see on the hypothetical N64 Mini, so I'll toss a few choices out there. I'll admit I don't have a lot to work with, especially since I'm trying to limit the number of Mario games on the list. Also, the N64 wasn't all that great. But hey, a list is a list, and I'm a sucker for lists. Are we all? Five. Oh, <laughs> Goldeneye. I'm not really a fan of this game, but is this me talking? <laughs> I'm not really a fan of this game or shooters in general, but I can't deny how important this game was to the FPS genre as a whole. There you go. That is my thoughts in written form. <laughs> Number four, Kirby 64. This was a great game. Pretty sure it's the only Kirby game that allows you to combine powers. It's also a pretty enjoyable experience from what I can remember. I do remember enjoying this game as well. Oh, wow. Number three, Pokemon Snap. 
Yeah, yeah, weird choice, <laughs> I know. But but I really like this game, and when I was younger, uh, it probably hasn't aged well, but I think it'd be fun and, and uh, unique addition. Oddly enough, I rented this game, and I was like, this game's going to be so fun. I played it for like a couple hours, loved it, and then after a couple hours, I was like, this is the stupidest thing in the world. <laughs> and I never it, again. it didn't have to have like a, a physical device of some kind to use it, or am I, am I incorrect on that? Uh, didn't it have a physical add-on? I don't know. Uh, that, that's the camera game, board. right? You're like snapping. Yeah, yeah. You take pictures of Pokemon. Yep. Yeah. This one, uh, number two, Paper Mario. This was a great game. I love mm. oh, yeah, uh, it. I figure everyone one. else would say Mario Kart or Mario Party. <laughs> correct. Yeah. So I went with something slightly <laughs> different. Pretty darn good RPG with a great sense of humor and number. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Paper Mario. I love that series a lot. I, I really enjoyed it. even the one the newer ones have been pretty darn fun. Uh, Paper Mario was great at the time. I thought it was such a fun RPG. I would, I've answer. I've never played any of the Paper Mario games, and I really want to because I just love the way that they look. If nothing else, I, I watched Lisa play the Thousand Year Door, and I enjoyed watching. Just the visual elements are just so cool, and they're so clean and crisp. It's just mm-hmm. yeah, it's too funny. I love the humor using the art the art style. Number one is Milo's Astrolanes, quite possibly the best outer space themed bowling game out there. <laughs> what? A lot of competition just... in that genre. <laughs> <laughs> He goes on to say, just kidding, it's Conker's oh, okay. Bad Fur Day, Robert. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which, of course, would have, have absolutely no chance of being on a Nintendo console these days. Still, it was a pretty mold-breaking game for Nintendo, and it remains still as one of my favorite N64 games. Nice. Yeah, I know a lot of people that really enjoyed this game. Not really my thing. I know Robert kind of has the same sentiment on it. Well, I never played it. I just thought it was kind of... I just remember, like... Oh, you played Leisure Suit Larry, sorry. <laughs> How do you get those confused? Because they're both just like that. They're both like vulgar, like sex humor, basically. Okay, all right. But one's about like a raccoon. One's about like a human man. I'm trying to give him some credit here. Yeah. (laughs) Never spent much time in either of them. Uh, He goes on to say, finally. Still, I haven't either. Anyways, while composing this ridiculously long email, I received my new. EDS XL in the mail. I've been considering picking one uh, considering picking one of the 3DS family up for a while and figured since my job allows for a small bit of disposable income, I might as well splurge for the heck of it. This is my first oh, non-referred... Two, I thought you said TDS. No, I was 2DS. like, what is this? Okay, okay Sorry. got it. Uh, so this is my first non-refurbished console purchase since Wii, and I think it has a pretty strong collection of games to try out i think so. i'm looking forward to trying it out especially hyrule warrior legends and all them fans <laughs> okay i've blathered on long enough thanks again for an always entertaining show samuel uh samuel if you will write into the next episode i want to know how you like the 2ds the new 2ds xl because i was thinking about getting one also because kind of what you said like the library is supposed to be you know is really big and it's supposed to, there's supposed to be plenty of really good games and uh, I don't really care necessarily about the 3D aspect. So the 2DS sounds like a good like thing for me. But I've heard that uh, the way the screen closes, like some of the buttons touch the screen and like slightly Ooh. scuff it over time. So I'm interested to know, to hear if you have that problem or any other problems. So uh, have any of you all heard about that or anything about the new 2DS XL? Not really. No, I haven't. Okay. Because I was thinking about it. I really... I probably will get one of these eventually, but if it does have that problem, then I might just go for the 3DS XL instead. But anyway, I'm just interested in that. <clears throat> yeah. 
All right, one more. Chase the Night Cleaner, of course. Of course. Hi, Chase. Hope you're well. Good evening, gentlemen. Chase the Night Cleaner again. So what's shaking? What's shaking? Anything? Uh, not a lot. <clears throat> I dug the idea of a classic uh, 64 mini top five, so I made up my own list. Special mention goes to Mario Kart 64, 007 <laughs> Goldeneye, <laughs> and Super oh, Smash Brothers. That's, that's more than half my list. <laughs> All of which should be 100% on any 64 classic system created by Nintendo. Here we go. Number five, Ogre Battle 64. Ooh. About as weird a game as you can get on the 64, this strategic RPG was the sequel to March of the Black Queen on the SNES slash PlayStation. It mixed real-time and turn-based elements, had a rich leveling and job change system or morality system, and had you moving your armies around the board trying to liberate and conquer. If you loved the first Ogre Battle, this game was a no-brainer and on a system that was starved for intelligent Japanese-style strategy games, this was a welcome addition to the library. Number four, Perfect Dark. The evolution of the 007 formula. <laughs> this game had better guns, better gear, everything else. Oh, said. man. Better guns, better it. gear, better dual. Oh, I forgot about the dual wielding, too, in this one. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, new and interesting levels and got almost no recognition for it. What should have been a surefire hit, this game came a bit too late in the six, everything we said, a bit too late in the 64's uh, life cycle for the entire GoldenEye fan base to really take notice. I still prefer it over GoldenEye. Thank you, Chase. Yeah, right on the money. <laughs> Bomberman 64. Hey! Bomber, <laughs> Bomberman in 3D, same Bomberman formula, but with the automatic ability to pick up and throw bombs or boost them into super bombs. This was an okay single player game, but an amazing multiplayer game. The added-in ability to edit your multiplayer avatar pushed this game to a new level of fun. Number two, Mortal Kombat Trilogy. This is what you nice. get when you take uh, the first three Mortal Kombats and smush them into one. Great 2D technical fighter with an enormous cast of characters. This game was so good and so relatively rare that someone I knew actually stole it from me. <laughs> someone you what? knew stole it from me? What an ass. I hope you got it Steal it back. Yeah. I'd steal it back. Yeah, I think I think that would be the next course of action. Challenge them to a best of five. <laughs> Winner takes all. <laughs> In Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, Mischief Makers. <clears throat> Great two D platformer. Oh. Uh, sorry, I'm starting to lose my voice a little bit. <clears throat> Great two D platformer on a system. <clears throat> excuse me. That didn't have those. Created by the developer Treasure, who also did Gunstar Heroes for the Sega Genesis. Interesting. This game had a great had great art design, was a blast to play, and was a general good time, with the exception of that one damned button-tapping level. This tops my list because of obscurity, but also because I enjoyed it so much. That's a good one. I like how that you had one that <laughs> wasn't on everybody else's list also, because we all, like, basically everybody who wrote in has, had like, 90% of the same stuff. Mr. It's hard Peter to come up with unique entries it is. for this. It really is. I feel like, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's a good uh, sign, though. It means we are, we're all in agreement. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, Jay, I'm gonna let you finish this one if you don't mind, so I can give my voice sure. a rest for just a second. This is this is this is still Chase the Night Cleaner. Uh, where are you at? Oh, just start from where you stopped. Yeah, yeah, just where okay. Uh, runner up goes to Star Fox 64 and Bust a Move 99, which mm. I would also like on the list, but just didn't quite make it for me. Like it. But that list isn't what you guys came f- came to this email section for. You want a question of the day. So here we go. 
Would you rather that every game for every system was located in a single place? Imagine it like Netflix, but for video games. Okay. And you could have access to any game at any time, but you would require an internet connection and there would be a monthly fee. Yeah. And if you didn't pay that fee, you would lose all your game saves. <clears throat> Ooh. Or would you rather things continue on the way they are now? Ooh, I mean, it would be really nice if there was a place where you could buy, have a fee like or a subscription like this because it is hard to find certain games, especially for, for me. I emulate a lot of games, and it's hard to find good emulations for certain games. So I would consider definitely consider doing this just, just for the, uh, the ease of it, of being able to access them. What do you guys think? I am a video game hoarder, and I hate when <laughs> I have to access the internet to play something. So I would have to go with sticking with the way things are now. I agree with that as, as a downside of it, but all of them for a month. I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty a, nice. It's a pretty nice proposition. I agree. But I yeah. would have to pass that up. What do you think, Jay? I, I think I would pass it up too. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm skeptical of online services because like you never, I mean, you know, Netflix probably not going out of business or anything. Neither, you know, Steam is kind of like, it's kind of like that already. It's not every game, but it's tons of games. But right. I don't know. I like I like having the game and knowing that as long as I have my computer or my Super Nintendo and my cartridge, like I own it. Yeah, it's true. Um, I, I think one of the things I I don't like su- a ton about modern games is like um, all the DLC that constantly changes games after they come out. There's something oh, awesome right. about back in the day. You'd like buy a game and it was the game for the rest of your life. It would be that game. You wouldn't go to play it two years later, and it's been updated, and things have changed. And or you don't so. buy it, and it's like ten percent broken, and they're like, "Don't worry, we're gonna patch it in a week." Uh, I hate that. Yeah, that's that's yeah. terrible. The selling incomplete games these days. Yeah, no, I, I, I like the old-fashioned way. I think. I'm with you. Yeah. All right. So he goes on to say, "I have dreams of a single machine playing all my games for me." every machine box and to be honest with the emulators my pc comes pretty close but i know that the contemporary console wars will never make that a reality and whoever could make a service like the one described above would likely be super greedy i definitely agree with that probably anyway that is it for me this week gentlemen make sure i know who the winner is of the last contest and start thinking about which guy you want next i will happily think of the next contest cheers and keep thing i haven't won any of the contests yet (laughs) i've lost every i'm pretty sure i've won all of them haven't i i think yeah actually you have even back (laughs) even the tetris one we did like a long ass time i spent a lot of time on that one i did i did too though (laughs) i did not want to lose that one all right so thank you chase for the email yeah thanks chase um once again thank you so much to everybody who wrote in we really do uh appreciate um this this is our favorite part of the show so the more emails the better even if you send in like two or three like scott did that's totally cool that was too funny keep them coming uh oh and okay real quick side note one thing i want to mention is that uh chase the night cleaner and he did not ask me to do this but i'm just doing it because he's a friend of the podcast he's been writing in forever um he has started his own podcast now has he really yes the learn from gaming podcast you can go to learnedfromgaming.com is where you can find it. I don't be- last time I talked to him, I don't believe this is on um, I was talking to him uh, via Steam the other day and I don't be- I th- as far as I know it's not on iTunes yet. They I think they're like working on that at the moment. It should be in Actually it may be up by the time this uh, episode comes out, 
But so search for it on iTunes. And if you can't find it there, check it out on learnedfromgaming.com. They recorded the first like five, I think, episodes in advance. And right now the first one or two. I think they're just the first one I'm looking at right now. Oh, yeah. It looks like just the first one is on there. But they've already got a few in the bag that they'll have up soon. And uh, it's, it's a good podcast. I was I would, He asked me if I would listen to the first episode to kind of give him some feedback. And, you know, like any first episode, like I was like, yeah, there are a few little things you can iron, you can iron out here and there. But overall, I was re- really impressed with how smoothly uh, it went for <laughs> like the first episode of a podcast. So I was I was happy with it. I think it's a really cool podcast that everybody should definitely check it out. Support Chase the Night Cleaner for us because he, uh, he gives us some good emails. And with that, I think we're going to have a quick wrap-up with the current gaming subcast. We won't go on too long because this episode is already a little bit long. But um, do any of you guys have any non-classic games that you've been playing late- lately that you want to talk about really quickly? I will pass, actually. I've been playing Nothing. almost all old-school games. Yeah, I've been playing Age of Empires still. And then everything that's on that Wii in the other room, that's about what I've been doing my free time. Uh, the only other one I've got is I played, uh, this has been in my library for a little while. I think I might have gotten it on a Humble Bundle or something like that, which is uh, Rebel Galaxy. Which came out, I guess, a year and a half or maybe two years ago. And uh, it's a game where you are, it's, it's, a, it's a really cool game where you're, you're like, it's, think of like almost kind of like Firefly the video game. is Like you can tell like there's Firefly influences all over this game. Um, you've got the ship and there's a storyline where you're trying, like you got a message from your aunt and you're trying to like go out and find her like, like somewhere in the like galaxy or something along those lines. And you go from like, you get missions, like you're talking to people and they're kind of like saying, uh, you know, I don't know anything, but go do this and I might be able to help you out. And like, you go do a job for them and they're like, well, you know, I'm not really sure, but you should go talk to this person. It kind of like leads you on that way. And, uh, and while you're doing this, you can like take on like side jobs or you can like trade, like anytime you visit a planet, you can uh, like buy like whatever kind of uh, commodities they have there, and then sell them. Like if you you know it's it's kind of like have y'all ever did y'all ever play Drug Wars on the TI eighty two calculators, no. where it's like we used to play this in high school where like you go to a place you type in like or like it gives you a list of like. I always say, like, I want to go to the park and there's like a drug dealer there and it shows all his drugs and like the prices that he's selling them for. And you want to try to buy them for like a low price and then find somebody who's buying them for a high price and sell them to him. And so it's the whole game is just see how much money you can rack up. And, uh, it's exactly like that. So you can like make money that way by like buying it. So basically by trading commodities, but you know, you buy them on one planet, then the next place you visit, you see if the prices are good and if they're high, then you, then you sell them there. I like games like that. You do like things? Okay, yeah. yeah. I, been... I haven't played Drug Wars, but I play games like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there was an old pirate game like that. And you could win through pirating or selling commodities. It's pretty that's... fun. Okay, that sounds really similar. Because this one, like, you can do this. Or you can, like, uh, help people out who are getting attacked by, like, space pirates. And they'll give you money. Or you can, like, even rob convoys. Like, if you find out where a convoy is going to be, you can, like... <laughs> shoot it down and rob it or you can like so you can be take, good or bad you can be good or bad you can do whatever yeah. you want you can even go mining in asteroid fields if you want uh that sounds really neat it is really cool and then like the whole time you're doing this you're getting money and then you can upgrade your ship or get new ships or you can get like you know better weapons and all that or you can even get like smuggling compartments because some of the commodities are illegal and if you get caught with them then like you get in trouble right right <laughs> so uh it's it's a really cool game 
but I got a little bit burnt out after about about four or five hours. Uh, I one other really cool thing is that like the soundtrack is awesome. It's like the only again the only way I can think to describe it is Firefly. That like that sort of like uh, not like we- not like country music, but sort of like blues western inspired rock type music. I'm trying to think of a, of a really good, but I kind of just think of like really blues inspired blues, heavy rock is kind of what it is. <clears throat> um, and they're playing that the whole time, especially when you're like going from planet to planet, it'll, they kind of like, it seems like it sort of cranks up the music and you're like, Oh, I feel so cool. Like it makes you feel like you're doing like really cool stuff. <laughs> when you're, you up. Yeah, it does. Um, but like after about four or five hours, it kind of got a little bit repetitive to me where it's like, okay, most of what I'm doing right now is, Spending a lot of time flying from one place to another, seeing if, uh, like, I want to sell something and maybe getting, like, uh, shot at by a space, you know, maybe getting in a a fight with a space pirate in between planets. And, like, that was really fun for a while, but for me, it did get a little bit repetitive after a few hours. But if it sounds like something that you, that, that sounds cool to you, I would definitely say check it out because... For for the four or five hours that I was having fun, like I was really having a lot of fun with with huh. Rebel Galaxy. It's a cool game. Again, think like Firefly, the video game almost, and that's pretty much what you've got. Yeah, that sounds that's, cool. That's all I have. J Gaming J J. Do you have a uh, um, anything that you? Yeah, you recently, uh, have you guys heard of a game called Until Dawn? Yes. Uh, I feel the same. Like it sounds familiar. Okay, have you seen a movie called Cabin in the Woods? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, I read about this game. Okay. Think of that as a video game. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, it's, a, it's like an adventure survival game where it's pretty much like a choose-your-own-adventure, but in video game form. Um, it, was, really? it was on the PlayStation Network, I think for free, for PS Plus members this month, so I, I got it. It had actually been on my list to get forever. Oh, nice. Um. But it is, I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of scary, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's pretty cool. There's like six or seven teens, and you're in like a secluded cabin. Supernatural things start to occur. And um, <laughs> we talked about Dragon's Lair at the beginning. It's kind of like Dragon's Lair, and that it's just oh, sort no. of like you have to press buttons at the right time. But it's way better. It's like it, you know what you have to press, okay? And you have be- clear options. It's and not you're like, just not blindly guessing the whole no, time. No, you're not just blindly guessing and dying in some random dungeon. You uh, you actually have some indication of what to press, and you have time to make decisions, and even dialogue trees. You can get certain characters to like you or dislike you and stuff. And it's sort of like you know, can you survive? ghosts and killers and all these other like things that come at you and it's uh <laughs> it's pretty intense actually <laughs> so is it kind of like a like is there kind of like a storyline to it or is it kind there of sandbox is. okay um there's a storyline to it and um so if you play through it once you know it definitely loses a bit of the replay value but um you know different characters depending on what you do with them some die really early in the game and so if you replay it and you're able to get keep them alive you might see totally different things happen later in the game oh that's cool so um yeah it's it's really really interesting um i really like branching storyline games because i feel like that's one genre that you know like real-time strategy has evolved first person shooters have evolved Mm -hmm. you know platformers have evolved but you don't see too many pure adventure storyline games where you can really spider the story in different directions so yeah so that one was kind of neat. 
Um, and I'm also playing some Titanfall 2, actually, because they just released a co-op horde mode. And I have a friend who, uh, you know, we, we got the game when we got our PlayStation 4s. And then we kind of stopped playing because we're not super into competitive online multiplayer. But this mm-hmm. is all co-op surviving giant robots against wave after wave after wave of giant robots. It's nice. really fun just to shoot and destroy stuff. So <laughs> yeah, always fun to shoot and destroy stuff. Yeah, breaking things, right? That's part of the reason we play video games. <laughs> it's, I think it's a very big reason we play. So uh, that was real, real quick. Until dawn, yeah. are we talking yeah. like uh, amnesia levels of scary, or more along the lines of Resident Evil? How would you rate it scariness wise? Because I'm like, well, I don't, you said it's kind of scary. Like I get, I actually get pretty scared by like really scary games. Yeah. Oh, Amnesia. That was a terrifying game. Yeah. Um, I think this one is somewhere in between. Okay. Um, cool. In Resident Evil, I always felt somewhat empowered because you had like a weapon. So you could, if trouble came, you could probably fight it off, even though that game was quite scary too. Um, and then Amnesia sure. is the opposite where you're def- totally defenseless. This one, you're usually defenseless, but like it's just not as terrifying as Amnesia, I think. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. That sounds but really it's, awesome. It's worth a play. And it's not... Not expensive these days. I think even if you're not a PS Plus member, you can find it for like 20 bucks. I know it's on PlayStation. I don't know if it's also on PC, but um, it's not terribly expensive. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's do uh, outros and plug all our stuff. Jay, why don't you start plugging stuff of yours? Sure. So um, if you have enjoyed listening to me talk along with um, uh, Rob and, and Jay here, then you can go ahead and check out my channel, the uh, youtube.com slash gamingj1001. There you will find my uh, series, which we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. So uh, just to remind you guys, I'm working my way through this book. 1001 Video Games Just Play Before You Die. I'm about two years and a bit in. So I'm in like video 200 and something. So, um, you know, I do sort of a longer play, let's play format, but it's heavily geared towards older games. So if that kind of sounds like your cup of tea, come check me out. I'd love to have you over at the channel. And, uh, you know, I love getting, you guys love getting emails. I love getting comments. Um, so feel free to talk to me. I reply to pretty much everything. Yeah, I noticed Um, that. Yeah, so if you just want to come talk about old games, I'm happy to do that too, even if you don't really watch the videos. So, uh, yeah. Um, and you can also find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash gamingj1001. Or I guess it's at gamingj1001. I don't know. I'm not I'm a huge Twitter guy. So confirm. <laughs> so, and yeah. also, and you can talk to him on Twitter too. I do. Yeah, I also reply on Twitter, funnily you enough. Both, you can talk to him both yeah. ways. Yeah, it's gamingj1001 on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, social security number? And list um, of- one, one, no. I'm not going to give that up. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> We got the first two. We can work on it from there. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know, this is a random fact, if you know approximately when someone was born and uh, like yes. what city they were born in, you can guess their social security number? Yes. Really? Unfortunately. Yeah, because the numbers just count up by that only, people. That only, That's yeah. such a shit system. How do you do that? It is a terrible system. <laughs> when they invented yeah. the social security number, they specifically said this should not be used as a form of ID for like jobs <laughs> or anything like that. And then it got used for ID. <laughs> so, go what figure. a joke. Oh my God. That sounds like a terrible joke. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, what, there you go. There you have it. <laughs> um, follow us at Class Gamescast on Twitter. 
our website if you care to check it out it's classicgamingpodcast.com basically all we have there as you probably know is all of our episodes so if you're getting this through itunes or whatever else and no no real need to check it out there unless you just you know unless you feel like it you can you don't have to but you can i think they should okay and mail us most importantly at mail at classicgamingpodcast.com does that do it for us anybody else got anything or is that it? I just wanted to say thanks for having me. I had a lot of oh, fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. It's been fun. Yeah, yeah of course. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, once again, check out Jay's channel. It's really fun. Jay, thank you for coming on. We had a good time. And uh, thanks, Oh, sorry. Think, <laughs> I think, no, not you. I'm not thanking you. Damn. I think, that's, I think that's a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Uh, we will be back in two weeks. 